Come on, Egwene said, hastening her pace. I need to get back before those reds grow suspicious. Before those dang reds. Do you think this is like anti-communism? What? That is right. Welcome back to The Nerdy. The Wordy. The Book Club. Club. It's been a minute. Uh, Not really. We did do a live from Jordan Con, sort of Mm. a book club, but we didn't talk about a book. Uh, And so we're back with a real book club where we're finally talking about a new Wheel of Time book, which we haven't done in a month. Brando Sandoz, The Gathering Storm. Hell yeah. Well, Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. Yes, and Robert Jordan gets the bigger <laughs> name on the cover. Brandon Sanderson was adamant about that. Of course, of uh, course. Part of that is also that Sanderson is a very long name, and so his <laughs> font is going to be smaller to fit his name in of the width course. of the title. So it's definitely that. It's definitely easier for them to do that. Uh, we have to start today by thanking Dirt Burb, Dirt Burb thank you who we met. Membership. Thank you for gifting five <laughs> membos. Uh, it was really cool to meet uh, a lot of you, so thank thank you for that. Yeah, we have to start with some housekeeping today mm-hmm. on this episode. Uh, the first thing we have to talk about is... We know there's a few memberships, so let's let's go through those right now. Oh, you're right. You're um, right. Derberg, right. uh, thank you for those five gifted. We really appreciate it. Um, El Wong, El welcome Wong. to the Nargs of the Nerd Table. Welcome, welcome. Daniel, Daniel Quinn. Daniel Quinn, welcome to the Nargs. Thank you for that. Threk, <laughs> thank you for 15 months, and thank you for a happy birthday, the first happy birthday message Wow, uh, there there was there was a few there. In the in the super <laughs> chats. Okay. Yeah, I can thank you for the happy birthdays, everyone. Thank you. I appreciate it. I am thirty one today. Uh, dirty one. I am dirty one. Mm-hmm. Dirty one. Ooh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh James Ross, James Ross thank, thank you for you. that happy birthday. Thank you for the super and chat. And Blue, a member for fifteen months. Thank Hell you yeah. for your happy birthday wishes as well. Orchid thank Eater. You. This is gonna be difficult at the beginning. Blue, <laughs> gift in twenty membos. We should have done a pre-show today. A pre-show. Uh, People listening to the podcast are going to be like, what is happening like, in this podcast? On? Oh, my God. Emily Rose, welcome to the Narcs. Blue, thank you for 20 gifted. Thank oh, my you, God. Uh, Blue, I uh, hope your drive is okay. It's great to meet you. Um, um, Blue, another person okay. we uh, got to meet at JordanCon. Yeah. Blue. Blue, stop it. Blue, another 10. <laughs> Holy shit. Baka Karn, thank you for that super chat. Happy birthday, nerdy. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, oh we God. had an incredible time at JordanCon uh, with some of you wonderful people. It was such a joy. Yeah. And interestingly, um, brought uh, my like love of Wheel of Time, uh, not back. I, it never really went away, but it definitely helped me. Um, <laughs> gifted wonder. <laughs> Blue, you're such a troll. For 31. Yes. I, I, Blue, that you. you, you're the real MVP. Thank you. Thank you so much for all those. Ava Sanchez, episodes. thank you for that super chat. Thank you, Ava. <clears throat> Why cross? Thank you for ten gifted memberships. Y'all are y'all are mad the lads. The whole chat is gonna be green. Thank you. It means a lot. It is very sweet of you all to come in and uh, think of us. Happy birthday. On my birthday. <laughs> um, you have a gift for me, right? Are we doing that now? Uh, no, I'll do that. We also have to do a big later. announcement. There's so I'll much going later. on in the show that isn't book club. It, there's it's it's gonna be probably maybe a little bit extra long. It might we'll be see. a long book club. Well, yeah, well, well, yeah, it's fine. Um, no one's mad about that. Michael Kioski, thank you for that super chat. Uh, sometimes you. the hexagons on the back wall look like nerdy thought bubbles. Oh my god! <laughs> I wish I was a comic book character. It looks like <laughs> I've got <laughs> one <laughs> here <laughs> and you've got one over there. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, Torlando BX ninety six. Welcome, Welcome to the, to the Nerds. Let's Welcome go. In. Um, 
But yeah, no, uh, Jordan Khan uh, Jordan Khan reinvigorated my love of this franchise, which was nice and unexpected, honestly. It, it was really special. Yeah. Like, I'm still, I, I wanted to, like, you know, put a big, like, post about it, and I just still haven't figured out what I wanted to say, to be yeah. honest, because, like, it, it meant so much, mm-hmm. and, and you know, like, we've been to other cons, and the, the first time somebody stopped us was, like, Nerdy Nightly, and we were, like, yeah. Which was actually, um... Book club. Yeah, who was... Oh, my God, was it James? Yeah. Yeah, at uh, Calgary Fan Expo. It was the first person to ever, like, stop us in real life from, was, like, uh, that, book yeah. club, which was so special. That was a uh, really, 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 <coughs> really to, special moment. To go to a con that's so much about that was so special. And, um, really, uh, I wasn't spoiled. Were you? No, no. No spoilers? So everyone who was worried about the Jordan Con spoilers didn't happen? Yeah, like, we didn't... We didn't go to most, like, panels and stuff. We yeah. just kind of hung out with people, you know, had dinner, had cake. We were mostly this. surrounded by people who watched the show. And so if someone started to go down that road, we didn't even have to be the ones to be like, stop. Like, someone was usually nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was, it was great. You guys were fantastic. I, like, I couldn't stop smiling. Like, um, show the earmuffs. I don't know if we have them in the room. Oh, they're not in the room. But yes, Ali and Gus from The Wheel Reads gave us earmuffs. That's a first time reader on them. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. so cute. Yeah, um, fantastic. The, uh, there's a couple of people I do want to thank um, specifically. Uh, I want to thank the innkeeper from the Dusty Wheel mm-hmm. uh, for uh, bringing us onto a show uh, on the first day before Jordan kind of even started, kind of like giving us all the rundown, uh, what panels to avoid, what panels are going to be safe. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, innkeeper, we're very grateful to you for that. Uh, I want to thank Tom from Dragon Mount uh, for being such a welcoming presence, uh, helping us out throughout the weekend, obviously uh, having me on his show earlier uh, this month. Uh, and uh, I just want to thank the staff and crew. I've never been to a con that feeds you before. Yeah, that was uh, and so, so cool. it was incredibly sweet. And uh, Jordan Con was a very special experience. So I, I'm sure we'll be back next year when we can actually attend everything and like enjoy yes. Looney theories or Ben Bond <laughs> Balefires and actually know what people are talking about. Exactly, uh, Jason Renner. Thank you for that super chat. It was so awesome meeting and chatting with you. Yeah. Um, seriously, it was a blast. Uh, Sean, welcome back to the nerd table. <laughs> Uh, it's good meeting you as well. Happy birthday. Thank you for the happy birthday message. I hey. do appreciate it. Why is my mom texting me multiple times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently the last uh, portion of my conversation with my mom was on the show. So enjoy that in the uh, three minutes. Your mom's delightful. Uh, they've met, They've seen your mom. Your yeah, mom she's been on the show before. On the show to say yeah. hi. So it's all good. Uh, yeah, it was it was so much fun. It's it's such a special experience. It makes me want to like try and maybe go to WatCon. Yeah, but I, we'll see just about timing. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Mr. Self, uh, thank you for the uh, happy birthday message. I appreciate thank you for it. The super chat. Uh, happy birthday. It. It's great to have been here for two of them. Yeah, it is weird that both of our birthdays have been on Fridays. On Fridays. Yeah. I know. It's so weird. Is How often do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. Maybe always, right? Our, our birthdays always. might always be on the same day. Well, no, after leap year it would change, right? Yeah. I don't know how days work. Guys, don't ask me to do math. No, it's just how the months line up within the week and it doesn't make any sense at all to me. Um. So before we get into talking about the books, which we're going to talk about today... Uh, I think that people who have been feeling a little bit of a drag from me in the book club mm-hmm. are going to be very happy with how today goes. <laughs> I, I think that the people who are like, oh man, I really wish Nerdy was enjoying these books more are going to be very pleased with the discussion today uh, as uh, I, um, I, I really, really liked it. 
Yeah. I uh, I haven't enjoyed the like scene work of these of this series in a long time. Uh, I I really 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 liked this book so far. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like the almost no notes. You know what I mean? Like it was just like such a fucking ride. It felt like we were back on track. Things were happening. People yeah. were doing stuff. Like I. Oh, man, people, it made me so happy. People are having conversations yeah. that aren't broken up every line of dialogue by descriptions of other things happening in the room. And those conversations are, it's so, it is such a breath of fresh air to just have characters talking to each other, which is, I don't mean that as a dig at Robert Jordan. I, I don't. But like, it, even scenes that like would have been sloggy in previous books Mm -hmm. there is a different way that they are written now where you kind of get through them a little bit easier and character context is better set up throughout yeah i also will say um brandon sanderson like kind of immediately fixes cad swain (laughs) so we're gonna get into that Uh, oh but like guys Kat Swain is in the reading, and I am not going to complain about her once this week. Yeah, you're not going to be mad about it. It's been books yeah, since we've has... met this character, and I have never once been able to talk about her without complaining. And this reading, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> Lisa, welcome to the Dirt Table. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, no, it's, it's guys, I, I, I've been, like, so excited for Book Club all week. Well, since we started. The, since we started the, on Monday. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, ooh, it's so good. Um, but we uh, we can't get into it yet. We can't get into that. We yet, are actually, here. There's something else we have to talk about. We are here for a big announcement. There's an announcement that we promise an announcement. Uh, and uh, some people thought you might be pregnant. Not that. Ha! No. Uh, never. I can I can I can <laughs> promise you it will never be that. Some people were worried that we were going to stop doing reactions. Nope. It's not that either. We uh, are launching a show this summer. Um, we are going to be doing a big production uh, that we are producing mm-hmm. that I'm very nervous about because it's going to be excited. a lot. You said it's going to be a lot of work. Wrong. I'll be excited when it's done. Um, uh, y'all, for a long time, we've talked about getting into some TTRPG spaces, into some live actual plays, stuff like that. We've talked about doing some more creative storytelling kind of stuff on the channel. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with an idea um, that kind of started with the idea of what would a D&D stream look like <clears throat> if it uh, was a streamathon, and so the idea is this: we are going to be doing. Should I just drop the image? You Anna? go for it. Yeah. This is going to be the role play relay. Hell yeah! yeah. Uh, so uh, the, you might you might recognize some of these wonderful people who are going to be involved. Um, they're fantastic. You should go follow all of them. Uh, you can use command RPR. Uh, to bring up, um, it's probably going to bring up, like, a huge wall of text. Or it just won't work. Or it's not going to work at all. Cool, 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 uh, cool. never mind. Well, we hate stream elements. Fuck you, stream elements. Um, uh, everyone say hi to my mom and thank you, her, for being here. Oh, uh, your mom. <laughs> tell Amarth, thank you for that super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so, uh... The Roleplay Relay is going to be a seven-day, 24-7 Dungeons & Dragons stream in which two and teams... You heard that correctly. I just want to be very clear about it. There, it will not end. Uh, two teams will trade off every 12 hours uh, to accomplish a week-long Dungeons & Dragons adventure yep. that has 
No breaks. Follow our characters from level 5 to level 20. As we attempt to uh, take down an emperor in a mm -hmm. story that will... Um, it's going to be crazy. Uh, the, the plan is that uh, I will be DMing one team, uh, and our good friend the Playmat will be DMing the other team. Uh, we will start at 5 p.m. on uh, Saturday, July 29th, and yep. we will trade every 12 hours for the week. Yes. Uh, this is not going to be like a Zoom... Um, a bunch of people in their rooms oh, kind no. of thing. No, we are flying oh, no. all of our creators this is in to person. Canada. Everybody will be here living with us to, to make this happen. Uh, the, there will be 14 of us living in one house for one week to do <laughs> to do 144 hours of straight Dungeons & Dragons. Let's fucking go, Torlando. Um, thank you for that super Torlando, chat. Torlando, thank you for that super chat. Appreciate it. Let's go. Uh, yes. Uh, the roleplay relay is going to be it's going to be the dumbest thing I've ever come up with. I cannot believe so many people are going to have said yes and think that it's going to be fun and want to do that. So um, to my friends uh, who have agreed to be a part of this, thank you. Uh, to everyone else, uh, I just want to talk about them really quick. Uh, we have the Playmat, incredible DM on Twitch. Yes, if you uh, love D&D content, please check out all of his stuff. It is very D&D heavy, D&D focused, um, especially the DMing side of things. Um, so then we have uh, Clarus obviously is one of the players below Hi. her chaotic neutral goblin uh, who is going to probably not play a chaotic neutral character uh, <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> I also think that Go goblin is not neutral so I don't her name doesn't really work to me because <laughs> Goblin is chaotic evil for sure. Chaotic evil, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, below that, Chris Tung, owner of Pink City Clothes, incredible uh, TTRPG DM. Uh, he yes. has a show on Twitch called Blink City Blues that I definitely recommend you check out on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, below that, our daughter. That's right, <laughs> our daughter's playing with us for a full week. Yeah. She's moving back in with mom and dad. Fantaxia is coming for this. It's going to be wild. Uh, and then below that, Torquilles. Uh, nobody really gives a shit about him, but he hey, is going to no, be... Hey, no, no, no. He's the Greek god of jiggly butts. You're, you're doing him a disservice. Yeah. I'm, okay? I'm making a joke. I love Tork. I'm very excited he's going to be a part of it. Below that, our good friend Rob Russo Music. You might have known him as the Throblin. Uh, no, no. The Roblin. I just want to be the very... The Throblin. Yeah. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And then uh, below that, we have our final members on Baby. Uh, E.D. The fuck is that? Hello? <laughs> it's my uncle. Hey, can I call you back? I'm live on the internet right now. Yeah, no worries. All right, bye. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. Um, ED. Ed. It's Ed. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Ed. I was like, ED? Why is an um, eating disorder calling me? Yes. Uh, and then uh, last but certainly not least is uh, maybe uh, that we actually need one more person. Uh, we're kind of waiting for our last member to... Um, Yes. Agree to be a part of it? Yes, we are still looking for our, <clears throat> our last uh, player, our last teammate uh, for this <clears throat> sh whole fucking shebang. So, uh, we'll, that will be announced at a later date. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be bonkers. It's going to be absolutely insane. Uh, and uh, just as a final little announcement about this before we get into it, I want to show you guys the world that I've created, the little map uh, that this week-long D&D party is going to uh, take place in, uh, and that is Felrosia. Oh, you can still see me, huh? Yeah, it doesn't fit um, <laughs> No, 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 you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> uh, this is Felrosia. Mm -hmm. um, it is a uh, world. This is the map uh, that the world settles into after the Tectonicum, uh, which is an event that will sort of be the inciting incident of this adventure that you're going to find out about later. 
uh, because I, I'm, I'm going to be revealing stuff about this world, uh, mm-hmm. the, the writings that I've been doing, uh, the gods and things that I've created yeah. uh, for it. Yeah. Uh, no one is going to have to learn more about that than Matt. I'm sorry, Matt. Uh, <laughs> but I did want this whole story to take place in an original um, world that I have been working on for the past month. Yes. Uh, and will continue to work on up until the date. It's, it's very large, and um, it's going to be wild. I'm, I'm very excited to share all of this with you. Uh, from July 29th to August 5th, when the Roleplay Relay will be live every minute of that week. Every minute of that week. Now, it says eight people party, and I, I want to uh, I want to be clear. I wish. It's actually a four-person party. Mm-hmm. So each team uh, is going to um, have a partner on the other team that they share their character with. So that character is going to be built together. Uh, it's going to be role-played, you know, like roughly like similar. Each, each person is going to bring their own like flavor to it. But it is actually going to be four characters. Yeah. And one Dungeon Master at a time. So five people, and then they switch off with the other five people to continue the story from the moment they leave it off at. Everyone is going to have to choose an accent that their partner can definitely do. Or uh, no accent. Or not. You know, that's also fine. Uh, it's fine. Uh, yeah. so I just want to say, uh, Joe White, thank you for thank that super you. chat. Raffle off the last slot. Uh, we are specifically looking for content creators who are familiar with doing 12-hour streams. Um, yeah, because it's going to be a lot. I would love for it to just be like a random person, uh, <laughs> but I think that the week is going to be very difficult on all of us. And um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, uh, I, we're looking, to, we're, we, and we are talking to people. There, we already have like our connections that we are bringing in. We also need to make sure that we know these people because we are living together for a week. So yeah, 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 yeah. We're all gonna be in a big house, big old house, uh, which is super exciting. Um, it's it's huge. It's got plenty of space. We're not yeah. worried about. We were like, yeah, we want to make sure we see the space beforehand to make sure it's gonna work. Okay, it's gonna work. It's gonna be just fine. We're gonna decorate, guys. We're gonna put up like the this like whole gothic setup. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be super freaking cool. Like we are going all out for this, and we hope that you're excited for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am very excited to bring Felrosia and the role play relate to you all this summer, but for now, it is time to talk about the book, The Gathering Storm. Do you have a funny title for this book or no? A funny title for this book? What do you mean? Well, you had Knife of Daggers for the last book, so I didn't know if you had like a nickname that you wanted to give The Gathering Storm. Oh, no, no. You just keep calling it The Great Hunt, which makes me laugh, so... The Great I do, Storm. I do keep calling it. The this, Gathering Hunt. I do keep calling it The Great Hunt. And people are looking at me like, the second, you guys are on the second book, and I'm like, no. No, 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 it's the other G word. I must have said that like 15 times at uh, JordanCon. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary friends, The Gathering Storm, the prologue. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. In case you didn't know what this book was going to be about, uh, there's a storm that is gathering. Boy, is that she. That you can see. <laughs> Boy, is she gathering. We start off with the POV of Renal Fenwar, mm-hmm. a character who we do not know, uh, and who might never come back, and I would honestly be okay with it, because Probably this was back. a, like, little amuse-bouche of a opening to the book that just purely sets the tone and themes of this book on Front Street so that you understand the context for what comes next. Mm-hmm. Look, Great setup. Let's go. I loved the Galad stuff in Knife of Dreams. Uh-huh. That Galad stuff was a short story on its own that didn't necessarily feel super connected to the rest of that book. Yeah, because it never came back. Like, it wasn't, like, relevant to the what the rest of the characters were up to in those moments. Other than, like, tying off loose ends. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there was a real-world thematic thing to that, mm-hmm. but I did not feel like the thematic um, 
I didn't feel like that set up the themes of that book in a particular way. This sets up the themes no. of this novel right on Front Street. Oh, Immediately, yeah. it's like, this is what it's about. And when you do kind of get into, what is his name? Like, Thulin, um, which is just uh, Sulin with a lisp. Uh, <laughs> Thulin bit on her tongue. And she was like, now I'm a, now I'm a blacksmith. Wow. Yeah, because I bit my tongue. Uh, if a maiden bites her tongue, then she becomes a blacksmith. Oh, yeah. oh, that's oh, oh. A, I that's didn't how know you'll wait. And that's why the blacksmiths must be protected at all costs. Yeah, because they're just made into bitter tongues. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That makes so much um, more sense. So, uh, th- th- yeah, this was just this was just a man rides down the road and is like, "Hey, we have to go to war because we have to go fight the devil." Well, and no, like, first is he's there like, anything cooler than that? First, he's like, "Hey, I left my shit over there. You can have it if you want." Also, the end of the world is coming, so like, you should probably come with me. <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess it's nice of you to offer. Like, I don't know, his wife's probably going to enjoy those pots for like a month before they all die. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. They must be really good pots. Um, but no, he, uh, you know what? He's like, hey, this this guy, I, I trust him. He's speaking sense. That storm over there looking definitely a little bit sus. So he takes his best scythe mm-hmm. and starts uh, making a, a pole arm. Um, I just, I was really struck by it. Like, I, I, I think that setting up the themes of a book can be really tough to do. Yeah. And I was immediately enraptured. And not actually not immediately. It took like five pages of it, I think. Mm-hmm. But there there was a point where he... It, it, I felt like the book like got me at the same point where Renal was got by the story that Thulin was sharing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we felt like we were actually in this character's shoes in a sense. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was just... It, it was such a like unexpectedly because I remember when we read the prologue during the Strike a Child Ghoul week yeah we started we were like oh my god another new character really like we almost like rolled our eyes at it yeah but no it was great I take it back I just think it's it's a perfect start to this novel yeah Mm -hmm. it's like a little palette you know like a little bit of a little bit of ginger between courses (laughs) to like remind you of the taste of the world. Exactly. Uh, Somnia, I want to say thank you for that super duper chat. Uh, missed the episodes with the car fun. So as I'm catching up, I want to contribute, if a bit late, funny, I'm picking up a Tucson PGV tomorrow. Tucson buddies, let's Tucson go. Tucson buddies, let's go. We, we love the car. It basically drove itself to and from Atlanta. It, the the, the, the <laughs> Hyundai Tucson is a remarkable vehicle. If yeah. you're a man who's 6'4 and doesn't fit in most vehicles and you want a comfortable ride, very comfortable uh, ride. They do not pay me anything. In fact, I give them way too much money every month for my car. Probably. But it's fucking great. It's fucking great. It's Thank fucking you for great. that super chat. I, I I hope you. I wish you speedy catch up. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. Uh, yeah. I hope he doesn't die. Um. I'm a little worried about him like making his weapons out of his uh, used farm equipment without metal a lot of experience. That's uh, no. <laughs> It's, it's it's not. It's better than nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Definitely better than nothing. Um, I, I would just take that to someone of skill. I would have been like, hey, why don't you wait here? We'll pack up and then we'll, we'll go with you. And then you can turn my thing yeah, into I'd a sword. Yeah, I'd be like, could you maybe make me a weapon? That would be, like, real cool. Could you come uh, Could you come show me how to do that real quick right. and then leave? Arizu, thank you for the five gifted memberships. Hey, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, Arizu. I appreciate that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I was like, we were sitting in the car listening to the audiobook, uh, which we don't usually do, but Clars had the book open for when I was like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Audiobooks are, we, we've talked about this a little bit. They're a bit tough for us, but we were so busy this week that we're like, you know what, let's give it a shot. And yeah. actually worked out pretty well. 
Yeah. Uh, having the book there helped, you know, if we, we, we paused when we were like, wait a second, I think like, I missed something. Like, um, it was good teamwork. Good teamwork, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, yeah, good start. I like Renault. I yeah. like Thulin. I hope Thulin. Honestly, of the characters in this opening section, Thulin's the one I want to come back the most. Here's the thing. I I bet. I, I bet that, like, uh, Lan is walking around the Borderlands and he's like, oh, and there's a guy in his wagon over there with a friend and their, si- and their sides and pole arms. Wonder who that is. <laughs> like, it's going to be, like, a dumb, like, aside. Where, like, you probably won't notice it's that person. Mm-hmm. But um, they might join Lan's army, you know? I would love if Lan's walking by and is like, oh, hey, that's Thulin. We fought together in the Aiel War 20 years ago. Because we are going to talk. Right. There's a moment later in this section, in this reading this week, where a character just starts speaking about another character from the books that we both, like, we both had a good chuckle at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Thulin has to come back for a meeting with Sulin and David Thulis. Oh my god. That's not even the worst one. In David this, Thulis like, would actually be really good casting for in, this character. In this chunk of writing, we have Masima, Mishima, and Misana. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like We also have Tharava and Savara or Sarava. <clears throat> yeah, something along those lines. We have Masima and Mishima. That that you just and said the, that, but like that is That was rude. That is the worst one. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Because we haven't been listening to the audiobooks, I, when she said Mishima, I just thought that she was pronouncing it differently than we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, so exactly. I thought that she was talking about Mishima for a minute. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? This doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, after Renault's point of view, we cut over to Falindra. 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 I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, who is uh, one of the um, Suldams. Yeah. Who was with... Semmer Hag. No, we're I know, not it's so calling bad. her. I'm, look, 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 look. No. It's so, Semmer Hag is, it's Semmerage. Semmerage is so much better Semmerage than Semmerag. is so much cooler than Semmerag. Sorry, I'm not, I can't. <laughs> um, And Rand is there, and uh, this is in the aftermath of Semmerage getting kidnapped uh, and uh, Rand losing his hand. We get that, we get the nice conversation, uh, a, a really wonderful description of Philandra looking at Rand and being like, he lost his hand like it was nothing. Holy shit. Yep. Uh, and I appreciated that very yep. much so. And Rand is like, yo, I'm going to let you go. Don't worry about it. Those uh, those those shields on you, they're going to go away in like a half hour. Yeah, um, you'll be fine. Go tell that dang old daughter of the nine moons I still want a meeting. And uh, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Good to know. Good to know. What? I was like throwing to you, thinking that I got nothing you'd for that bat one. That one back. What was I supposed to say? Anything. Just conversation. Yeah, I said, uh, you know, good for you. Good for yeah. Remember when I was like, hey, I don't good. feel very good. I need you to like really like do the talking today. No, I can't recall that at all. Uh, definitely. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Guys, it's been a long week, and there's been such a long week. A little bit under the weather. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I honestly think that this was, like, the coolest perspective that we could have gotten for this little chunk. Yeah. Um, you know, we could have just had Rand, like, telling her to go do whatever. But um, uh, I think it gave a, this this moment more weight. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have that moment of, like, yeah, I'm going to tell her eventually, because I said I would, but I'm not going to tell her first, and I'm, I'm going to figure out what to do before then. Well, um, and this was the... I mean, it's only the second point of view, but this was where the... The biggest difference between Robert Jordan's books and this book started to appear for me, which is that 
there are there's still a lot of descriptions of things, but the descriptions for the most part come with a, a shade of context from the characters whose point of view it is. Mm-hmm. And that was that has made such a difference for my reading of those things. Yeah, a thousand percent. Um I um I, I really do. I, I find the way that Brandon Sanderson because I think that Robert Jordan wrote a bunch of this stuff. But I don't think it's like Brandon Sanderson wrote this chapter and Robert Jordan wrote this chapter. I think Robert Jordan wrote a bunch of stuff and Brandon Sanderson edited and finished it. Yeah. Because there's still things that feel like Robert Jordan, but then there'll be like three sentences of description and then there'll be a fourth sentence and it will be like how Rand feels about what Nynaeve is wearing in that scene. Yeah. And what it means. Oh, it's new. And and that little, that, that fourth sentence has that changes the context of the description and and puts the con the the context of the description of the clothing or the walls or whatever within the POV of the character we're reading from has made reading the descriptions fun and has yeah. made it th- has made them feel necessary. Yes. Whereas before they kind of felt sloggy. Yeah, they they, they felt like they were information that I could take or leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't feel that way anymore. No, no, every everything feels important. And um, I think, like, I think that, yeah, having Branderson kind of edit and tweak as opposed to, like... Branderson? Branderson. Branderson! I think Branderson writing uh, and editing uh, bits of those uh, really, really helped, like, shape it. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. I don't think he... Uh, I don't know. People are like, you're going to be able to tell exactly who wrote what. I think it's more of a blend than that, at least as far as I can tell. But uh, I just want to say thank you, Caleb, for the super chat. I'm glad this is your favorite book. We really, really like it so far. Yeah, I, I think the, um, I think that it's Brandon Sanderson editing Robert Jordan, and I think that that's what we've been wanting from these books for a while. It's just yeah. for it, it's just a it's, bit of editing. It's been one of those things where I'm like, it's not that this is bad. Yeah. It's just that it feels first drafty at times in the slog. It feels like it just needs someone to come in with a red pen and kind of like help point out what is most interesting to an audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that was missing a little bit. And so I was so grateful in this book to really feel that. Yeah. And and just consistently as we're going through these point of views being like, oh, Rand is noticing what that character is wearing and has an opinion on it. Yes, yes. As opposed to as just opposed being to like, just observing. they're wearing a red dress. And then Rand said this. And then yeah. he noticed that that person was wearing a blue dress. And then he turned back to his conversation and said this. And then, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. Which, what, that sort of like divided style in these the previous four or five books was starting to wear on me because I was like I'm reading information that doesn't matter outside of just being information and now it's mattering to the characters whose POV we're with yes in a way that like I I, guys like I'm not joking like I legitimately loved this week of reading yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um we uh we missed a super chat from Felix thank you so so I think we missed a bunch of these uh Caleb Caleb I read you read that Um, one did you read this one uh, no, no, that that was one that... Felix, uh, thank you for the happy birthday wishes. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's going to be a great day. It's going um, to be a great day. day. Uh, like-minded yeah. fool, thank you for being a member for not, uh, for six months. Welcome back to the nerd table. Brando said with all of RJ's notes, it was basically same actors and script, just a different director. More pages in RJ's notes than series by far. I love that. And, like, I get the feel... I get that feeling, right? We've been saying for a while, like, our... We just wish he had an editor. Yeah, yeah. This feels like like that 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 is what happened, as opposed to it completely changed hands. Yeah. Um. I think that so far, we're only twelve chapters in, but so far, like this doesn't feel like Brandon Sanderson's novel, right? It still feels like Robert Jordan. 
It doesn't feel like Robert Jordan to me anymore. Really? No, it, it feels like, it kind of feels like when you read a book that's like an amalgamation of two voices to me. Really? I just feel like it's it's just, it's Robert Jordan, but more concise <coughs> with the editing. Um, yeah, but there are things that he does that Robert Jordan never did. And a lot of the Robert Jordanisms aren't there anymore. So it, it, it feels like there's a different voice involved. Guys, this section is the first time that a woman crosses her arms and there is no mention of her breasts. I wrote it down on my phone and I don't have my phone on There's here, two but... times where a woman crosses her arms and only one of them. I think I think there's more than two where she crosses... I think there's a few where she crosses it on her breasts. But the first time a yeah, woman just crossed her arms, period, end of state. Like, I was like, what? We were, we were literally in the car like staring at each other like, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, Dirtburp says, almost, thank you for the super chat. Uh, almost everything was written by RJ, but Sando did an amazing job turning the mountain of notes he received into an amazing set of books. I agree with that. Yeah, we're definitely seeing that. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Joe White, thank you for that super chat. A lot of people seem to think Sanderson's writing is immature. I don't get it. I mean, we haven't read enough yet for me to have an opinion on that, but it definitely doesn't feel immature right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested to read more of his work to, like, see. I know that people have strong opinions on one or the other. Some people like, some people don't like, wh whatever it is. But that's just kind of, that's just art in general, right? Not yeah. everyone's going to agree on everything. Um, Monkey, our wonderful mod, uh, says, lol, the editor didn't change, though. I agree with that. But I think that Harriet is going to edit Brandon Sanderson differently, especially than she would her own husband. Especially Maybe. given that the two of them were working together to finish off his series after he passed away. Mm -hmm. Like, it just puts a different weight on editing and putting out the series. There's a... There's a... There's um, a care... A compulsion to getting it right. Yes. Yes, because you want yeah. to... You, you, yeah. You, yeah, you don't want to do Robert Jordan a disservice. Yeah. So it has to be immaculate. Uh, Cornell the Movie Dude, uh, Birthday Brothers, have a good one, man. Happy birthday to you, Cornell. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you for that Thank super you for chat. Here. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's... It's interesting. I, I we're only twelve chapters in. You know, I'm not gonna say that I'm an expert on Brando versus uh, Jordan, but like, uh, it, it's gonna be really interesting to see how it goes and if it changes throughout the next couple books. Yeah, but I'm liking it so far. Um, mm. so uh, Falandre is Philandra. is sent back to uh, Tuon and Rand, Nynaeve, and the gang go through a gateway to somewhere else. Yeah, so we switched to over to Ty Lee, um, who's, uh, you know, thinking about how hot Perrin is. There is a world where it seems like Perrin also, like, should have a foursome going on, and it should be Fayil, Berlain, and Ty Lee. Oh, my God. The Every way that she's written here, where she's like, that Perrin, I wouldn't want to fight him in battle. And I was like, yeah, sure. Sure, you don't. <laughs> you want to fight, you want to wrestle with him in a different venue. Wow. <laughs> Your mother's still here. Mom! <laughs> Thank you for that super chat. Uh, she wanted to send me $31, but can't figure it out. Well, you know. No worries. You know, the conversion with the YouTube. No, it's all, it's all good. Thank, Thank you for you, the Mom. super chat. You really don't need to send me money on YouTube. Um, uh, she just wants to give YouTube their cut. I know. I, But it's like, you're my mom. Like, I'm, I love you. <laughs> No. Uh, thank you for that. But Every also, like, we're about to talk about sex stuff, so you can not uh, stay <laughs> if you don't want. If you if you don't want to. <clears throat> Speaking um, of, uh, Narafin yeah. says Tylee would definitely peg Perrin, which I agree. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. The thing is, he is so muscular yeah. that, like, yeah, 
I mean, she, you know, she, she's a general. She's forceful. She's used to, like, giving orders. If parents, you know, down for, you know, being a, being cooperative. As long as he's not a brat, then I think, you know. Um, tuning out now. I love you too, Mom. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> this show. What is this show? No, Tylee's there, just, uh, you know, hanging out, thinking about Perrin. And you, to be fair, I wouldn't want to fight Perrin either. That'd be uh, pretty scary. And uh, Mishima rides up. Not Masima, Mishima, just so we're very clear. Um, but don't worry, neither of them survived this prologue. Uh, well, I don't know. Tylee might. We don't see Tylee. No, Mishima does. Oh, Mishima and Mishima? Tylee and Mishima are having a chat. Robert, or, or sorry, Brandon Sanderson was like, this whole Mishima, Mishima thing is uh, not cool. I gotta kill them both. Yeah. <laughs> Just get rid of them. Take them I would the love table. that. If um, <laughs> Robert Sanderson was like, anyone whose names are too similar dies. That's the rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get rid of them. Uh, so, yeah, Mishima rides up and gets an arrow through the neck. And, Not just any uh, arrow, though. Trollocs. A trollic arrow. Those up here. thick, barbed boys. I don't know where. And Tylee was like, wow, I, I thought these stupid uh, Randlanders just, uh, you know, thought that that was a scary story. I guess they're real. Which is hilarious to me because multiple people who have fought Trollocs have told this woman, like, yeah, no, no, Trollocs, they just exist. Like, it's not, they're not, like, a scary story. Well, but here's the thing. If, I think if, like, the, I think if the Sanchen invaded some place like the Borderlands first or whatever, they'd be more familiar with it. But there are people in Ranland who believe that Trollocs are, like, a fairy tale. In Tyr? They, they, they invaded, like, Falma, right saying, like, next to Ebedar Shinar. is pretty far from the Blight. I don't know. Oh, no, no, yeah, but they invaded Falma first. Like, the Falmans, the Falmans know the Trollocs exist. Some of them, probably. No. I don't know. It, it was just very funny. She's like, oh, wait, I thought these things didn't exist. Just kidding. Um, so they're definitely still using the Waygate somehow, right? Because we yeah. know oh, that God, there's yeah. a Waygate near Ebudar that Loyal wasn't able to find. He doesn't, like, know where it is, yep. right? Right? I was like, I'm pretty sure that was the one near Ebudar. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. So, yeah, Tylee might be dead, but probably not dead. <coughs> I, I would imagine Tylee would come back, especially as someone who, like, has a certain amount of respect for Perrin and can mm-hmm. help maybe bridge the gap between the two sides to work together for the last battle? Uh, Andre says Emmons Fielders thought they were a story. I, I, I think that people True. in a small town might think that, but I don't think that someone in, like, Camelin would believe that. Yeah, but they haven't gotten to Camelin yet. No, 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 but I'm, I mean, like, like I think even in Ebu Dar, just because of the size of the city and the amount of trade going in and out of the city, th- there would be too many people coming through being like, oh, yeah, no, the Borderlanders are constantly fighting Trollocs all the time. I guess it depends if, like, um, the Sanchin, like, pay attention to what, like, you know, traders and stuff are saying. I, I don't know. It's... I'm not, like, surprised that they didn't know what a Trolloc was. I just thought it was funny. I, I I don't know. This is one of those things where I'm like, if I'm a military commander and I have dragons and Grom and, you know, all of these things, and I am invading a country and the people in that country are like, oh, yeah, sometimes there are these, like, eight-foot-tall monster things called the Trollocs that we have four nations whose entire, like, a- economy and government structure mm-hmm. is built to defend against. I would, as that person, be like, you know what? I'm going to, like, just assume that that's real. To be fair, people in Camelin, uh, Chad is saying they thought Loyal was a Trolloc and chased him around. Yes, but they still believe Trollocs exist. Okay, yeah. They've never seen one. I'm not saying that people in Camelin would know what one looks like. Right. But the people in Camelin weren't like, that's a fictional thing. They were like, oh, shit, that might be what a Trolloc looks like. 
They've never seen an Ogier. Although, actually, how have the people of Camelon never seen an Ogier? That doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, they don't venture out that often. Except they do. We, we've seen so many Ogier beds and shit. And, like, they in show certain up. certain places. But, like, in... And maybe that's it. Maybe, like, Andor doesn't get that same kind of traffic. But in fucking um, Kyrian... Was it Kyrian? Or was it Tyr? There's a... Where it was like, oh yeah, in the summer the Ogier come by to just fix stuff up. I don't remember where that is. I, I think it's they they are traveling out of the setting less and less often. Fair, but fair. yeah, yeah, that's just that's just kind of what it seems like, yeah. right? Because the 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 <clears throat> the Ogier live for so long that they're like, oh yeah, I haven't been out in like two hundred years. Wonder what's going on out there. But like two hundred yeah. years, that's you know three four generations of humans. So fair. That's fair. Yeah, and Andor doesn't have a steading, so yeah, I I I just like this. I I I um I like Tylee. I think that she is an interesting character, and I hope that she survives. Yeah. Um, because um, yeah, I just I I think that like as a villain for this series, I like that she's capable, and yeah, I I I'm excited for her and Perrin to like go to because because she's like I don't want to go to put toe to toe with him. I feel like they are. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I'm excited for Perrin to uh, to win that war. Yeah, Perrin always wins. He's a big, smart boy. AMV fan 15, thank you for that super chat. Thank uh, you. Is there are like four or three? Wow, I can't read. Is there are like oh, no, I was three right. or four audio book chapter reactions I would love to see from you guys in this book? I know people. Apparently, it was uh, the contentious vote on which one we we're going to yeah, react to. We are going to yeah. be reacting to 39. Yes, yes, it was a. Uh, the tight vote. So, if you want to vote next time, make sure you're in the Discord. Uh, Marisu says, you think she's a villain? Uh, yes. Yeah. Tylee. She's a general in the Sanchen army. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the bad, they're bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. I'm hoping she, like, comes around, you know? It's like, oh, maybe. Sean says, Tylee was also fun in Avatar The Last Airbender. I do wonder how much of my love for Tylee in this is just, I do enjoy that character she's from great. Avatar. I adore her. Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, we cut over to Grandel. Grandel is in our domain. Yeah. Uh, and she's surrounded by the people that she's compelled. Uh, another character I cannot wait to see uh, deal with her, um, be dealt with. Yes, be dealt with. <clears throat> and um, uh, a hot a hot boy comes and is like, yo, Morden wants to see you. And Grandel is like, did he send someone hot? Because he knew that I was more likely to come if it's a hot person. <laughs> And she's like, like, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. You know what? That checks out. That checks out. Uh, (laughs) And so she goes, and who's there? Oh, no, no. She goes through, and she's like, oh, Morden's in the fucking blight. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, oh, is that a sunset? Mm, Nope, it's the blight. Um, Graynell is very funny to me. (laughs) Reading this was, was actually, like, delightful, even if it was, like, fucked up. Um, delightfully fucked up. Yeah, yeah, delightfully fucked up. You know, she, she's sitting there. She's like, why the fuck am I here? And then Demandred and Masana come in, and she's just sitting there. She's just chilling. And uh, I'm going to jump ahead to the end of the conversation just for a second. But Morden is like, you done good work, so I let you uh, sit in on this conversation. Now go do what you want. And she's like, ah, okay, okay. I see that I am being rewarded with potential information for doing the right thing. How can I use that? To pull everybody down and be the nipples. And I'm like, you know what? Never stop dreaming. <laughs> you know, I, go, go after your dreams, kids. Seize life by the balls. What's funny about it is I don't think that she would enjoy being the nipples. 
Um, I don't know. Are you kidding? She would just compel everybody around her to be her, like, sex slaves and, and have a group orgy 24-7. Here's like, the thing. I, but I don't think she would enjoy that. I don't think she would enjoy the responsibility of it. Like, I maybe. think that the best place for Graindoll is where she's at right now. And I think that if she became... I know she wants to be the nipples. But I think that if she actually became the nipples and, like, running a war... I just can't imagine she would enjoy running the last battle. Um, and being in charge of, like, breeding Trollocs. I think it's because we haven't seen Graindoll amass armies or, like, do battle or fight or anything like that. Like, yeah, because she's, she's not interested in any of that. Yeah, she's just kind of like a, a, a <coughs> behind-the-scenes mm. player. And Morden is like, yeah, you're kind of like Mogadian, but better. Which was very funny, because I was like, oh, how do yeah. we make Graindoll scary yes. when Mogadian is the master manipulator who's already been kidnapped and, like... Yeah, no. Oh, no, we'll just we'll just make it so that she uh, she's better than yeah. Mogadian. She wa- probably wants to be called the nipples. She probably doesn't care about the responsibility. Oh, she probably nipples. just likes nipples so much. Yeah. Because yeah, she's yeah, so yeah. horny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. I just want people to call me the nipples. M, thank you for that super chat. Thank you for the super chat. I've <laughs> never watched a Red Wheel of Time, but I'm very interested to, and I'm mainly here for AOT, but I just wanted to wish Nerdy a happy birthday. Have fun, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Someone here for Attack on Titan who doesn't hate me. Aw, we love to see it. If you ever get around to reading Wheel of Time, it's fantastic. Uh, This book club has been amazing. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But yeah, no, it's sort of like the people who are like, oh, I... When I grow up, I want to be president. And I'm like, do you? Do you really want to be the president of the United States? That job seems awful. Seems hard. I mean, you know, you get uh, good money, I guess. But there's other jobs that also make good money. So, But, like, the nipples is a job that requires a certain amount of, like, responsibility that yeah. I don't want in my life. Yeah. I am not interested in that shit. Sorry. Yeah, I don't want to be the nipples. It's too heavy a burden. Um, but anyways, Masana is like, hey... We gotta rescue Samaraj because she fucked up. And Morden is like, no, she's an idiot. <laughs> and that's basically it. And I loved I loved all of like Grindel's point of view here where she's like, <clears throat> maybe don't arrive together if you want your treaty to be a secret. And like she's like, oh, you guys are giving away how much Samaraj matters to you here. Like, and I agree and here's the thing. Usually I think some of the like internal plotting within the Forsaken has been like a little bit silly at times. Um, this was the first time I was like, no, Grendel's fucking right. Like, Grendel has this point of view. And I love the idea that Samaraj is actually the most powerful of the three of them. Maybe it's Demandred, but it might be Samaraj. <laughs> and that Masana, especially since the moment um, in Alviaran's room with uh, Shadar Lagoth. No, with Shadar Haran. Shadar Haran. Oh, my God. With Shadar Haran, I, I feel like, you know, she has been reduced in her own view of herself, right? Mm. And I think that this... Um, showing Masana's personal reduction through the eyes of Graindoll, who's known her for so long, yeah. is a really effective way to say that, like, Morden is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he's more dangerous to his fellow Forsaken than he is to Rand, but, you know, th- there is danger in his actions. Yeah. And I thought that showing Graindoll's new view of Masana was a really effective way of building up Moradin as a villain for the series subtly without yes. having to point at him and be like, look at how powerful he Bad is. Bad guy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, because because uh, Grendel doesn't know that that Shadar Haran did that. And, and you know, and, and yes. so we're only seeing her see the effects of those actions, which I yeah. think is really effective. Yeah, so where do you think Demandred is and what he's up to? Um, I don't know. He's leading a nation. Leading nation, yeah, it's one of those things where Graindoll is like, hmm, Borderlanders? And I'm like, nah, because they said it, it's not going to be that. It's got to be something else. Yeah, I also like that Rand is like, I don't know what the fuck's going on with the Borderlanders. 
Well, they're looking for him. But no one's just him. going to go talk to the Borderlanders. They're looking for him. We would find out if Rand just decided to go investigate and talk to the Borderlanders. I know, and I wish he would. They would talk to him, maybe. Um, although maybe it is Demandred, and he like rallied everybody up to go look for Rand because it was important. Like honestly, like the. The fact that, like, Saldea has not, like, supported Rand when Bashir thought that that was, like, probably going to happen. Yeah. And the fact that there's an Aes Sedai there who potentially might be, like, a black Aja. Uh, like, the, it, it being the Borderlanders, I, I totally see evidence for that. But because the book said it, I don't think it's that. I don't know. I, I would like for him to, like, be in Shara. You uh, know? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, or, or, like, I don't know where else he could be. I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like there's an obvious thing that we're just missing, but yeah, I'm like know. who are the who are the armies? Because it's definitely mm. not like Rodel Etoralda. Like that, there's no way that no. it's that group of people. Um, unless no, because Rand would have recognized him immediately. Unless Demandred made Masima go mad, and Demandred doesn't know that Masima has lost his whole army. Oh, he, so Demandred thinks that. Masima's army is his army, but that he doesn't know yet that it doesn't exist. I feel like the mantra will be clued in enough to know that that had happened. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, Masima is definitely losing it, as we see uh, later on. It's just one of those things where, like, let the Lord of Chaos rule is very much the prophet and his minions. Yeah. And so that feels like it, the Forsaken do have a hand in it, whether or not it was Demandred. Um, he also could be with the Sanchen. Because Semiraj was with the Sanchen. Yeah, but the Sanchen are all... No, they're not. Oh, 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 maybe Demandred is influencing the Sea Folk. And Rand thinks that he's going to have his ships and they're actually going to be enemy ships. I don't know, that's not much of an army, right? They're not like warriors. Maybe. I don't know. I'm literally just pulling stuff out my ass. James Smith, thank you for that super chat. Uh, <laughs> James Smith, thank you so much. Watching live today, let's go. Hell yeah. Uh, you guys always make Bright Fridays awesome. We do try. I'll be thinking of you while I'm at Calgary Expo this weekend. Enjoy the expo. Yeah. Yes, have fun. Can you imagine if we tried to fit that one in too? That would be wild. I'd be dead. If you see cosplay skill tree, say hi. Yeah, <laughs> crystals. Uh, Nicole Lopez Hagen, thank you for that super thank chat. You for super duper chat. Have to wait till after work to listen. Sorry to hear that. But wanted to say happy birthday, Nerdy. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for making my week every week. We try. We, we do. We do, we do try. Uh, but you know what made our week this week? The reading. Uh, the reading so, and, and Jordan Con. You know that that helped for sure. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Morden uh, tells Grandel, hey, Randall Thor is headed your way. He's coming to Aradomen, and uh, you need to make sure that he is not allowed to make peace, mm -hmm. and he must be alive so that he can fight me on the steps of Shia Ghoul later. And Grandel's like, sure, dude, whatever you say. Yeah, apparently Demandred will only smile when he can, like, wring the dragon's neck. Oh, that's, yes, yeah, some Demandred info. Wow. He will laugh. The day that he can Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Demandred is a stone-cold motherfucker. Yeah, whatever. Um, I, I hope I hope they can get me on board with Demandred. Because right now, he's just like... Right now, he just comes across like... He's a little, like, woodish. That's why I'm hoping that he has this fucking crazy, intricate plan that actually, like, works and yeah, goes yeah. off. You, it, like, you know. Um, I think it's totally possible. I, I would just... I, I would like... He's kind of the last one that I don't really have any really opinion of. Fair. I have a, I have an opinion, whether good or bad, about every other Forsaken. And Demandred is just the one right now who I'm most like... I don't know eh, about whatever. you. Yeah. You might be interesting, you might not. I don't know yet. Yeah. We'll find out soon. Yeah. Um, 
Next, we get to Rodele Trade's point of view. Sorry, what was that? Rodele Trade. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's, like, looking at the Sanchan army. He's like, wow, that's a big fucking army. I'm going to ruin them. Um, and he does. There's, like, 150,000 of them, and he just absolutely ruins them. Uh, uses their, like, spies against them. How so? Well, because they, like, rely on the rockin'. And he's like, okay, well, if they rely on the rockin', then I'm just going to, like, hide my people inside so the rockin' can't see inside the buildings. Duh. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not, it's not just that. His plan that's is brilliant. Oh, his plan is fucking he brilliant. He has taken all of his uh, soldiers' clothes and he's given them to a bunch of women and children and had them march out. Yeah, yeah. So all the farmers. So his 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 army is disguised as farmers for an ambush. It's it's brilliant. All of it. Yeah. Ten out of ten. And I, then I he see why people like him. traps them from behind, rushes them at the walls, and he crushes them, which leads to a great scene um, later on that we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, just a, a really cool attack and really um, doing a more job setting up why Rodella Teralda is a really important character who is a brilliant commander. And gonna and be an important. I'm so grateful that he's not just in the prologue. Yeah, yeah, me too. He actually comes back, which is great. And, like, he comes back quickly. The el- All of the elements of this prologue are important in the first ten chapters of this book, which we can't usually say. So, like, just that alone has been, like, a breath of fresh air. Because yeah. a lot of times we've been like, they just mention shit in the prologue, and then the book is something else. This book, the prologue is like, here are all of these things, and then within five chapters, most of those things have been at least brought up yeah. as being part of the main story. Yeah, there's a lot of good shit there. Guys, uh, I like this book. Dale, thank you for that super chat. Harriet told Brandon to be dangerous with his writing. Ooh. I like it. Dangerous. That girl is so dangerous. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, just very into it. Great, great section. Love it. Um, uh, Masima, we cut to the final point of view of the prologue. We're going to uh-huh. get in the prologue in less than an hour. It's book club. Uh, Masima, this is the most important point of view of this. Uh, he's just like hanging out in a field, uh, losing his mind. Masima is fucked up. Yeah, he's kind of lost He's like, it. wow, my kind dark of. friends lost. They must be uh, not good following the light. Wait, these what? are the ones who No, no, no. he's act- saying that his no, he- people are dark friends because they lost. Yeah, yeah, he's like, no, my people are dark friends because they lost. They don't yeah. follow the light. And then he's like, no, my people were spared, these people, because they actually followed the light. And the people who died were the ones who, like, didn't, like, he's he's losing it. He cannot keep two and two straight. Um, um And we find matter. out that the dragon has been appearing to him as a vision, which uh, clearly is not ranked. Uh, but no. no, uh, no. Yeah, they, they've been appearing to him. Yeah, Rand is which not is like, really, kill Baron. No, like, and <laughs> what I like about it is that it isn't just that Masima just lost it and, like, started to do random things. Because his his actions have always felt a little bit too structured for that. Yeah. So finding out that there is actually a Forsaken whispering in his ear and making him do these things, I thought was a really cool revelation oh, you that I really enjoyed. Oh, Forsaken. Yeah, without a doubt. I did not think of that. Uh, honestly, I, I thought he was just fucking losing it, but that makes sense. No, I think that this this is a power that has to come from the Age of Legends to like appear to someone as like a like holy vision. I mean, yeah, that might be like using Teleran Riad, right? Like maybe it, it, almost like half and half awake and dreaming. Um, I'm not sure, but you know, I I literally did not even it did not register to me that it might be magic. I thought he was just losing it. 
If it wasn't that, like, if it wasn't so specifically to fit in the goals of what the Forsaken want to accomplish, I would agree with you. But they really want to kill Perrin. But the message that they're passing along directly comes from the meeting with Moradin. Yeah. So I just felt like it was too on the nose. Yeah, no, they, you're you're totally right. It's yeah. most likely the Forsaken. Yeah, and it's cool. I wonder if it's, um, um, no, no. It was like, maybe it's Grandal, she really has compulsion, but, like, maybe, like, Masima's madness is a combination of, like, compulsion and, like, using visions to, like, make him lose it a little bit. You know, like, because the compulsion, sure, yeah. we know, have, like, adverse effects. Maybe, yeah. So, yeah. Or it could be a Pat and Fane effect, maybe. That's possible. I don't think Pat and Fane could, like, show up as a, like, vision, but we don't know what Pat and Fane's up to, I, so. I don't think it would be that, though. Pat and Fane, first of all, I don't think Pat and Fane delegates. I think he wants to kill Perrin himself. And second of all, I it, it is too much go kill Perrin because Morden said so. Yeah, fair. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just it seems to come directly from that yeah. meeting. Yeah. Like the archers that tried to kill Perrin from the rooftop in the last book or the, yeah. the attack on Matt in the city in the last book, right? But this uh, prologue ends <laughs> with Fayil absolutely fucking like, murdering him. Hey Masima. <laughs> yeah, you. Hey you down Fuck there. Fuck you. <laughs> And he looks over and Fael's standing there being like, and then just, just dead, dead, dead. From the trees, arrows, just one by one, pepper everybody. Masima takes a couple of them and you're like, oh my fucking God, is Masima, is she going to save him? Is she going to bring him back to life? No, Fael walks up to him, pulls out a knife and slowly just like inches it into his body. And I was like, Fael is fucking stone cold. Yeah, you know, things the husband can't do, the wife's got to take care of. But also, like, let's go. What, 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 like, narratively was Masima going to do moving forward? Oh, nothing. I'm so glad he's dead. Yeah. I'm so, like, this is, this was, like, a treat specifically for me that Brandon Sanderson left. Like, I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, and it just really effectively... Because look, as much as we got to the end of the Shido plotline, I was really worried that we got to the end of the Shido plotline to go back into Perrin now chasing Masima across the country. Yeah. And I was like, no, I, let's just get out of this completely. And I think Brandon Sanderson and I were on the same page. And he was like, I'm, we, we're we done. Yeah. This storyline is this over. Is yeah, 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 yeah. Fayil put a knife in it, literally. Fayil put a knife and, in the slog. Uh, Fayil murdered the slog. <laughs> I do think that it is, um, it says a lot about Fayil though, right? I think that we, we really get the payoff of what she learned about herself while she was uh, in captivity. And the, yeah. the the arc of this character from sort of the arrogant hunter of the horn who really believed in herself, but maybe didn't have the skills to really be a leader like her father is. I, I feel like we've seen her go from this kind of like arrogant and kind of annoying, like, 19-year-old girl who just has big dreams um, and behaves like a noble, but doesn't, like... She, she thinks that she deserves respect mm-hmm. that she hasn't earned. Mm-hmm. And watching her go from that character and go through all that she's gone through and now come out the other side of the Shido conflict with the respect of people that she earned um, with these... Through her actions, right? Mm-hmm. And through the way that she treats people and the way she brings people to her and, and lifts them up, yeah. right? Like, the Chafayil... She doesn't just use them the way Rand uses his people. She actually, like, instills them, inspires them, gives them purpose and hope. And I, it, from a character who we both kind of were like, uh, she can be a bit of a, she can be a bit much. 
to, to yeah. now where I'm like, Fayil has grown so much and I get why she's a leader. I get why people follow this character. Yeah, yeah, it's It's one of those things... I, I wanted for us to do another character tier list before we started reading yeah. <laughs> Sanderson, and we kind of just we we missed it because we've been traveling and busy. But um, we, we might still um, we might still try and do that. Mm-hmm. But Ashan says uh, it felt somewhat anticlimactic, and for me, I don't think so. Just because Fail is like Perrin can't know about this. Yeah, like what's interesting about this isn't that Masima's there and he dies. That's that's kind of whatever. And to me, personally, he's kind of been a whatever character. I haven't been super invested in what he's doing or his, like, h- him being brought down. M- what I'm invested in is if Perrin finds out yeah. and what happens there. So that's th- that's why, to me, it does not feel anticlimactic. It doesn't feel anticlimactic to me for that reason. But I- I'll phrase it as it doesn't feel anticlimactic because it's not a climax. It's an inciting incident. This is the start of a story. Yeah. Not the end of one. Because Masima has always been a device for no beginnings and ends. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the the this was not about the end of the Masima arc. There was not really a Masima arc, right? Masima was always a plot device to get other people in position for things. This was the beginning of a of a story between Perrin and Fayil. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in the climax of that story more so than I was interested in this as being a climax because Masima's not a warrior, right? There, there's no, like, great war to fight with Masima. He has a bunch of brigands who have light arms and are not great people. But, like, if Perrin and him squared up, Perrin's army would crush his. Perrin mm-hmm. has trained soldiers who are, like, actually good at it. I, I don't need Perrin to, like, have a military victory against a madman who doesn't have a good military this is more interesting because it sets up a story that will create conflict between two characters where Fayil isn't in the wrong. I think that Fayil, I mean, like, depending on how you feel about murder. Obviously, like, murder's never truly great. But considering the the harm that Masima and his armies have caused across nations at this point. Yeah. You know, Fayil is putting an end to a lot of evil with her actions here. Yep. And, you know, it's not like there's a government that's going to step in and, like, arrest him. So yeah. the... She, she's doing it for reasons that she believes to be right mm-hmm. and that I kind of agree with her on yeah. and Perrin isn't going to see it that way and like that story is going to be really interesting when we get there yeah <clears throat> um, I just want to say hi Dakuna uh, <laughs> hello um, Abina says new uh, Watt Idol idea Scotty doesn't know Fayel's version Perrin doesn't know <clears throat> Perrin doesn't know that Masima and me went into a field on Sunday <laughs> I stabbed him with my knife and he died right there but I can't tell Perrin cause Perrin doesn't know. Perrin doesn't know that I stabbed Masima. <laughs> Perrin doesn't know. I love it. I love it. That's that's gonna that's a winner for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's great. Great way to end the prologue. Uh, definitely changed. My 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 perspective of Fayil has already been shifting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This just was aided that, and I, I, I I'm super into it. Super into it. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck Masima. He's an asshole. Uh, hi, Metric. Hi, Mods. Hi, Fabu. Hi, Monkey. Hi, Dakuna. Appreciate y'all. Uh, Guys, give love for Mods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, they yeah, deserve yeah. it. <laughs> Dirt Burb, enjoy work. Uh, thank you for uh, leaving us in the capable paws of Pips and Zuri. <laughs> Pips. Uh, James Ross, thank you for that $5. Monkey and Nerdy Cake Fun. <laughs> Let's go. Are we doing another cake fun? Do you want a birthday cake? No. We have those cookies from Schmackers. I'm good. What? Do you want cake? 
Do you want me to want cake so that you can have cake? No, no. I'm just I'm just giving you shit. Dale Hendrickson, thank you for that <laughs> super chat. Uh, dangerous meaning, finish Rajay's story, but write it so the ending makes sense to you. Oh, write dangerously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Dirt burb. Thank, thank you for 10 gifted memberships. Get out of here. You Stop mad it. Lad. Stop it. Stop it. It's, it's, if everyone's name in, is, is green in chat, what are we going to do? I don't know. Uh, James Ross, Dale, and Derberb, thank you guys all so much. Seriously, thank Appreciate you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Gathering Storm, Chapter 1, Tears from Steel. Uh, <laughs> Rand is uh, just like bopping around from manor to manor, trying to stay safe. And he uh, he's got his sword back on him. But he can't really use it that okay, well. I was confused about this sword. And yeah. maybe chat can can clear this up. Is this the sword that Avienda gave him? Or is this no. a new sword that they found with the dragons on it? And Rand is like, wow, this fits in my hand real nice. Like, this is a new sword, no, right? it's got herons on it. This one has herons? I thought it was like, there's no, a there's dragon, a dragon. There's a dragon on the scabbard. New sword. What about Tam's sword? The Tam's disrespect. Sword, what do you mean? Tam's sword was destroyed. Destroyed. Oh, wait, when? In the Great Hunt. What? Rand stabs it into Balsamon and it, like, melts? I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was That was, like, that. nine books. That was ten books ago. Nah, I didn't. Uh, mm -hmm. He hasn't had Tam's sword in ten books. Well, Tam is going to be very upset when he finds out about this, okay? Did you think that he's been using Tam's sword this whole time? I couldn't remember. Because um, they keep saying, like, Heronmark's blade was the one that Avienda gave him. Her I don't... Oh, my God. Oh, my I God. I forgot, okay? <laughs> Guys, it's a lot of words. In fact, there's millions of words. <laughs> so... I do kind of like that they just dug this up. But, like, where did they dig this up? No idea. No, this is Luce Theron's sword. Yeah, that's... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> My bad. Uh, what happened to Tam's sword? I forgot. <laughs> Look, I know I didn't know the tone was black. Okay, I get it. Uh, yeah, no. See, Dirk also didn't remember. So thank you, thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this is very <clears throat> clearly like Luce Theron's sword. Uh, and he's like, "Wow, I recognize it, but I'm not gonna tell anybody that I do." And how fortunate that it showed up now. Yeah. People are saying it's not Luce Theron's sword. What do you mean? It literally has a dragon on it, and they dug it up. Who yeah. else would it be? It's got to be one of the dragon reborn swords, right? King Lamon. Was he also a dragon reborn? No, King Lamon was there's a the sword that he got from Avienda. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's the sword from books ago, from, like, book four, right? <coughs> yes. He had, so he has Tam's sword. And then he has the sword that he makes with the power for a while, right? Yeah. It's not a real sword. And then he gets Lamon's sword from Avienda, and he gives her the jewels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is a new sword. That they Rand, dug up from somewhere. Rand just found a brand new sword. Yes. He's a new dragon sword. Yes. That he recognizes from the past, and it has dragons on the scabbard. Yeah. It's probably called Loose There and Telmon Sword. <laughs> um, the LTT. So uh, we have uh, we have a conversation between Rand, Kat Swain, and Nynaeve 
Uh, Nynaeve enters the room and we get one of those moments where Rand like takes in her outfit and then has an opinion on it. And I was like, this is cool. I like I like this new version of describing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ketswain and Nynaeve are like, can we can we please can we please torture please. Can we torture the Forsaken? And Rand's like, Rand's no. Like, no, we don't do that. You cannot torture the Forsaken. They're like, but like, what if, what what if we really wanted to torture the Forsaken? And Rand is like, not no. even if you really not wanted to. Not even if to. you ask and you say pretty please and you give me a cake. Like, And they're like, fine, we won't torture the Forsaken. We will hang her out of a window, though. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. She's not going to fall. She's not being hurt. It's like going on a roller coaster. Also, I do you guess. think that's going to fucking work on Samaraj? And Kat Swain literally says this later in, in this section of the reading. It's like, oh, yeah, what the fuck did we, what were we thinking? Samaraj has, has seen every imaginal version of pain that exists. Why, why the fuck would that work on her? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Here's the thing. It's, it's one of those weird moments, right, where our characters in the past, have, like, defaulted to a punishment, such as spanking. Yeah. And even Egwene is, like, you're, you're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, and it doesn't fucking work. Like, you know, you only a, a madman does the same thing twice and expects different results, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I do really like that Ked Swain is like, oh, wait, no, we're dumb. There's no fucking way that that's going to work on her. Um Yeah. Yeah, so no torture for Simarag. Um, But uh, Kat Swain does insinuate that they're going to turn over Simaraj to the White Tower. And, well, what are they going to do there? But Rand like, is like, which White Tower? Which, which one? Kat Swain, who are, which side are you on? And Kat Swain's like, I'm not telling. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <clears throat> which, which side do you think uh, Kat Swain is on? If she had to choose right now, which side do you think she would go with? Well... I don't know what information Ked Swain has, to be honest. That's fair. Like, I actually don't know what side Ked Swain falls on because I don't know her relationship to what is happening at the tower. Like, does Ked Swain put, like... I don't know, I don't know, right? Because even we find out later, we find out that... Well, no, we'll get to that when we, when we, that's, that is a whole other conversation. I don't know where Cad Swain stands, and that's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun. Uh, Michael Kioski, thank you for that super chat. They should shoot Samaraj into space and force her to watch bad movies with a couple of robots. They should subject her to the plot of Wally. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought you were going to say the Fast and the Furious, but. What? The, those two guys are just in space. Oh, no, but the watching the movies with the robots. I don't get that one. Because Wally's always watching the, like, old-timey movies and his... But he's not in space when he watches those. I know, but it's... <laughs> Mystery oh. Science Theater 3000? That doesn't take place in space, though, does it? I've never heard of that. You've never heard of Mystery Science Theater 3000? No. Is it a musical? No. It says theater. I don't know. Wow, um, it's, it's a it's a it's a show where they it's essentially like comedians voicing robots watching a mo- a really bad movie and making fun of it the whole time, and they just did a reboot on Netflix with Patton Oswalt. Sure, but does that take place in space? Uh, yeah. Oh, it takes place on a space station. Okay, that I did not know. Yeah, y'all should not be surprised at this point that I've never heard of something. 
It's fun when I'm surprised that you haven't heard of it. <laughs> um, but uh, this was this was the chapter where like I felt like Rand, this was the first time where I was like I think Rand and Kat Swain had a really good conversation and they respected each other's points of view and Kat Swain wasn't belittling or like rude. Mm-hmm. She she presented her point and Rand presented his and like she doesn't like his choice but she's gonna go along with it and I was like hey like Kat Swain was like reasonable. What? She didn't like call him boy and be like a, you know what I mean? Like she 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 was like relatively like She might have called him boy, I don't know, but yeah. It's... Not in a sentence where it's where she was like insulting him though. Yeah, yeah. And I just I found this conversation being like the first time between Rand and Kat Swain where I was like, oh maybe these two can work together. This is this is work this is nice. To, to, together? <clears throat> I like if this was the first time we met Kat Swain, I never would have made a Ken Swain suck shirt. <laughs> Like, she's, she's fully, like, part of the team here in a way that I've been complaining about in the previous books over and over. Like, oh, my God, Kat Swain is just doing the same thing over and over again. And here she is just, like, having a conversation. And, like, it's great. You love to see it. They, yeah. They, they feel like they're working together. Yeah. They don't have the same point of view, but they feel like they're working together. Yeah. And, like, I, I just was, like, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, Next chapter is... Ancient Hydra, thank you so much for the super chat. Ancient Hydra, hey friends. Uh, I'm so glad to finally catch one of these, even though I'm way behind Hi. on this particular series. A token to show up your work. Thank you so much, Hydra. Appreciate thank that. you so much. We appreciate that. Cheers. Um, Fino says, uh, Brandon Sanderson did not like her methods. I get that. And that he's changed her to like be... Um, Feel like a human. Yeah. Um, I didn't like her methods either. And now I'm okay with them. Yeah. And then we have Egwene. And Egwene, Chapter two, the nature of pain. Egwene's still, you know, getting getting beat up. But uh, but Sylviana has like a little bit of a slip, you know, like she's kind of like maybe maybe this isn't maybe maybe this isn't gonna work, maybe maybe. But maybe. Uh, as she's leaving Sylviana from her latest spanking, uh, she finds out that it's uh, time for her to serve Aleda. Uh, she's not seen Aleda face to face since she's been brought to the White Tower, but tonight she's gonna be their waiter. Uh. Yeah. Perry Wolf, thank you for the super chat. <coughs> Nerdy's hair does look great. Thank you. He's I so appreciate cute. that. He's so cute. I don't feel good, but I, I feel like I look good. <laughs> but you look great, so. I feel like shit. <laughs> uh, for anyone who's like, oh, are you going to play Jedi Survivor on stream later today? I will not be. No. After book club, I will not be talking. Um, my no. throat hurts. I'm so sorry. It's fine. Um, it's all good. I'm happy to be live. You know what I mean? I'm happy to be talking about this book that I enjoy very much. Uh, I just, I do, I don't feel very good. Um... Should we trade? Should I stream today and you can stream tomorrow? Do you want to stream today? I don't know. They just Do you just want to play Jedi Survivor? Want? I have a feeling you're going to play today and tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, she goes up to that dinner and guess who's there? Maidani. Maidani. Maidani, who's going to be real important this reading yeah. this week. Holy yeah. shit, so much happens. Yeah, Maidani is up there because she was one of the spies and she was like, yeah, going to maybe be pillow friends again with Aleda. Oh, no, this was a terrible idea. Aleda is a cunt and I hate her. Uh, <laughs> I don't use that word often. Wow, I really did but, not but, expect you to go hard C there. <laughs> I'm allowed. Uh, <laughs> am I wrong? Am I wrong? Elena is the fucking worst, okay? Light blinded fool, thank you for the super chat. Light blinded, thank you. Happy birthday. Here's some cough drop cash. I appreciate that. <clears throat> thank you so much. Uh, that quiet guy. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, just caught up. So happy, happy, nerdy. I am. <laughs> I've had a very good week, guys. I earned this sickness. Um, okay. 
Um, and so uh, she goes up. Uh, Madani's there. She's like, why is Madani here? This is so weird. Madani is like behaving. Should, le- should leave. Like, Yeah, why didn't Madani flee the tower? Oh, no. And like, Aleda kind of is constantly insinuating that Madani is a rebel spy. Because she is. Yeah. And Aleda knows, like, everybody knows in the room what's going on. And it's very, very funny and very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And Aleda is like, is is just awful to her. And Aleda's like, you know what? Why are there only three oaths? Why don't we just, you know, add an oath to make people do what I want? Well, and what's funny is that she she add, she wants to add an oath of obedience. And Egwene is like, oh, of obedience to the Emerlin Sea. And Egwene yes. is like, how could she even think of such a thing? And I was like, girl, what did Foul Lane whisper to you? Yes, what that, did Morel? What did you have Morel say to you? What did you have Shariam say? Okay, like very different. No, it is not very different. It someone is not. Someone there are like bound, no, nine no, Aes Sedai no, in the Salad Barbarians no. who have sworn fealty because, to the Amaran Sea, but they were not forced to, and they were not <clears throat> magically not bound forced to, her. to. They were blackmailed into it. Only some of them, and it's not what magical. Foulane did, the, 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 no, those two came to her at first. Those two, yes. Yeah, and I we're like, that. hey, so. But Shariam and Morel did not. Okay, well, they were doing some dumb shit, and they're not magically bound by it. I'm, what I'm saying. It's not taking away more of their life. She is, Egwene is behaving in this moment as if Aleda is making all kinds of steps that Egwene would never make. But that is but not, not necessarily the but case. But she's not forcing people to do it. They like came to her. I mean, she, the 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 those couple people. She felt like it was necessary because of what they did, especially with land. Um, but uh, they do not feel like the same thing to me. Okay, Andre. Uh, thank you for that super chat. I don't get why you think slavery is so bad, but are okay with killing. Masim is not like some innocent dude. In tier, they kill chandlers, and lords can kill peasants without consequences. Yeah, and I think that, like, Lord's Killing Peasants Without Consequences is bad. But Fayo killing... Masima has been having his men rape and pillage across multiple countries. And Fayo's putting an end to that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I do think that slavery is worse than that. I don't know (laughs) what to tell you. Ah, yes. Killing uh, a terrible human being who murders, rapes, and pillages. It's definitely not worse than slavery. Like, what? I don't... Okay. Anyways... I yeah I I do I think that slavery is worse than that I I don't know what to tell you thank you for your super chat um, appreciate the money um, yeah I don't think that magically being bound to the Amarlin seat mm-hmm. is the same thing as these people some of them willingly offering their obedience but they're not, not willingly they're offering not their to, obedience though. They are swearing fealty as uh-huh. Aes Sedai, which means that because of the three oaths, they are magically bound by their fealty oath. What, no. Yes, 100% yes. No, it's the same as, like, uh, Aleandra swears to be fealty to fucking Perrin and Fael. But Aleandra uh-huh. doesn't have the three oaths making her oath of fealty magically binding. What a, what Egwene did is not that strange. Or no, sorry, it, it is strange. It's not that different from what Alade is doing here. I think there is some hypocrisy in uh, in Egwene being so like judgmental of Alada when she has people who have sworn fealty to her. Yeah, I guess the I guess it would be different <coughs> if those mm. people had all been of their own accord and free will, right? If it was all situations like Falling. 
Maybe, yeah. I, I think that that would be different. But I, I, no, yeah, I didn't realize that their oaths made the oath of obedience magically binding. Because then in that instance, then yeah, Egwene definitely did coerce people. She blackmails them into it. And look, I'm saying, I'm not saying that what her and Aleda are doing are equal. Aleda is doing a much, much more like meaningful, long-term, impactful version of it. But the I but Egwene's idea that she would never do anything like what Aleda's doing, I just don't I don't agree with. I think that Egwene You know what, that's fair. And I think I that, didn't make the connection about it being magically binding. I thought they were just like, Yeah, 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 well we we got your back kind of thing. I think that in this reading, and, and this isn't me complaining about these books, I think that this is really well written stuff. I'm really interested in it. I'm 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 bringing up Egwene's hypocrisy because I think that it is really good character stuff. Not because yeah. I'm it's not a negative on these books. I wanna be clear. Yeah, um, <clears throat> no, that's that's totally fair. Uh, Dusty we Wheel. Got, we got the innkeeper in the chat. Everyone say hi. Uh, Wait to the innkeeper. <laughs> go get to Towers of Midnight already. We got a month. We'll be there in a month. <laughs> uh, it was a joy to meet in person. Wait, what? Love that you are back in Wheel of Time mm. and looking forward to watching your journey through the last three until we meet again. Dusty, Thank anytime. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, we had a great chat with the innkeeper on uh, the that little uh, season two. Some Bane and Chiad moments. Yes. Yes. Go watch that. Uh, thanks for stopping by, innkeeper. Good to see you. And Father Jerusalem, thank you for the super chat. <clears throat> I I think that... Um, Wait, uh, if you kill the killer, the number of killers stays the same. If I yield, then I'll kill 12. That is, yeah, that's... <laughs> Father Jerusalem, I, thank you for that super chat. Um, thank you for that. If you kill a single killer, then the number of killers stays the same. That is true. But if you kill multiple killers, the number of killers goes down. Yes, and, and all of uh, Masima's <sighs> followers were killers, so... Uh, and technically all of Fayol's are now killed. They've replaced them, but like... But they're not going to go... Like, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> look, if they had a prison system to put Masim in, I would sure. agree that he should be there. Yeah, if there was a government system they where don't. they could, like, lock him up or whatever, then fine. But that doesn't exist, so you got to do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I... Yeah. Arzu, thank you for that super chat. Thank you, Arzu. Fealty is not the same as obedience. An oath of obedience would make them literally jump when Aleda says so. Fealty implies loyalty, not direct obedience. Oh, 100%. I'm, I, like I'm saying, Egwene's yeah. version of it is like a, a 3 out of 10. Yeah. And Aleda's is a 10 out of 10. Yeah. They're not the same level, but they're but pointed is... in the same direction where Egwene's like pearl clutching felt a little bit... It's someone being like, well, my version of it is acceptable, but that isn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, she's being judgmental of Aleda's choices and not bringing a level of self-awareness self -awareness to what she has done to get yeah. to where she's at. Yep. Yep. Like, she has lied and manipulated Aes Sedai as well, right? And that's kind of the job of the Emerald Seat. Aleda's just doing a version of it that we don't agree with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that we're starting to see a level of becoming the Emerald Seat has induced a level of hypocrisy and uh, narcissism in Egwene, where like she is starting to believe that she is right all the time. Mm -hmm. She is approaching situations as if she is correct. And uh, like her, she has no fucking idea what Rand is up to. And she is so judgmental of his actions, right? Through the tidbits that she's hearing through the grapevine. And she is, right. she is so sure that she, as the Emerald Seed of the White Tower, should be influencing his choices when she doesn't have the information that she ha that he has. She doesn't even have information on what he is actually up to. Mm -hmm. But she is being so fucking up her own ass about the Aes Sedai should be leading him without context. 
And, like, that hypocrisy of her character is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I hope that she grows out of it and learns the lesson that, like, the Aes Sedai aren't fucking always right. And I wish that she was starting to see that in the fucking bullshit she's putting up with in the White Tower. Yeah. But I do think it's good character work to have her be this hypocritical, young, idealistic person who is, like, fully drank the Kool-Aid of this cult system that the Aes Sedai have put her in. And have her have this, like, really strong belief that, like, because she's the Amaralyn, she can't be wrong. Aleda has that same belief. Yeah. And so when she looks at Aleda, she's looking a little bit more in a mirror than I think that she's willing to admit. Yeah. And that's really interesting character stuff, right? Like, I, yep. I, putting those two against each other, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, Jason, uh, Mosa, thank you for that super chat. Appreciate it. At least one Aes Sedai has decided that her oath of fealty no longer applies. Bound by the oath rod, she couldn't do that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's... It, it, yeah, they're definitely they're they're definitely not the same, but I I agree they are pointed in the right du- in the same direction. Um, yeah. and it's a very interesting character choice. Yeah, under the, I um, again, yeah, they're not on the same level, guys. Yeah, I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that Egwene being like I would never, and I'm like, uh, really? So Egwene uh, spills some soup. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can put up with Alita either. Oh fuck yeah, her. I would like, I would get I would get the fuck out of there so fast. I'd do the same thing. Um, um so she goes for another spanking. Well, you're skipping over some stuff, some important stuff here. Sorry, she's like, hey, Maidani, you you still serve me, uh, send for me yeah. at some point. Maidani's like, no. And they have this whole well. conversation that Aleda doesn't hear. Yeah. And I don't know, like, where Aleda was in the room. She's in the hallway getting servants. Oh, she's is that where she is? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's literally, like, screaming at servants in the hallway. There were a couple of times, because we were listening to the audiobook, that I, I lost the plot a little. Um, And this was one of them where I was like, why are they... Feels like it would be dangerous to have this conversation in Aleda's room, but whatever. Um, yeah, no, and they, so she, they can't hear, Aleda can't hear all over her own screaming. And we go to the most important spanking of the entire series. Um, Egwene, getting her getting her little bottom whooped, mm-hmm. uh, thinks about how sad the state of the White Tower is, and realizes that the pain she feels in her tukis is nothing compared to the pain of seeing the White Tower in shambles, and she starts to laugh. Yeah. This is the only spanking. Oh, Gwen being spanked is the only spanking we really get into in these first 12 chapters. And so and it, it makes it so much more impactful. It's what we're talking about the last book. When it's the only one, it matters. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. already, like even the spanking stuff, Brandon Sanderson is, by not overusing it, it's it, it's more impactful. And like, I just, guys, I can't, I can't tell you, I like the Gratherin Storm a lot. <laughs> the Gratherin Storm. I have enjoyed, <laughs> I have enjoyed this book more than the last five Wheel of Time books. I'm only 12 chapters in. And like, I'm just, I like it. I'm yep. back, baby. I'm yeah. I'm in, kids. James Smith, thank you for more cake fund. <laughs> Doesn't have to be cake, could be birthday cough syrup. Are we starting a cake fund again? Is that... Is that a thing? Are we making that? Are we making fetch happen? <laughs> Michael Kioski says that's why we don't call him Branko Spanko. I'm gonna call him that to his face one time, and it's gonna be a TikTok. I I'm will share it. I'm just gonna keep calling him Branderson. <laughs> Hi, Branko Spanko. <laughs> Welcome to the Nerdy Nightly. Hi, hello, uh, James. Thank you for the cake fund. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. Maybe we'll get you a nice steak for dinner. <laughs> I might have. Uh... Fair. Yeah, fair, fair. I might, I might go. Just I have might some go. Soup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Egwene starts to laugh. Uh, you tell them about the giveaway we're doing. Oh. And I'm gonna go get some. I need some water. Fair enough. I'm gonna get some ice cold. I will be back. Chat. Yes, that's fair. I forgot about the giveaway. 
Uh, hello. Hi, friends. Hello. Um, this unfortunately only applies if you are in the greater Toronto area, but we, uh, we're partnered with our favorite nerdy bar here in Toronto uh, called Off World. Uh, nerdy themes, nerdy drinks. They're doing a May the 4th party. We're going to be there, and we actually have two tickets to give away um, for that for that party. Um, so if, if you're in the area and you would like to enter the giveaway, um, I, I asked Nerdy to set up a thing to enter, and I'm not sure if he did. So... I'm going to have to wait until he comes back. But it's going to be really cool. Uh, May the 4th is going to be a blast. It's Guys, Offworld is fantastic. They have, like, really cool drinks, really amazing people. Um, we that That's, like, our kind of go-to spot in the city. So we do have a giveaway for two tickets. I just don't know wh where the giveaway uh, is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know there's not, like, a ton of you in uh in the greater toronto area but there's probably some of you so if you want tickets to the party we will give you a way to enter that and um when nerdy gets back i'll let you know how because i do not have that information hi did you set up the giveaway no oh you just have to follow us and off world on instagram what what no you have we, you have to set up a giveaway bot no you have to follow off enter. world and us on instagram no, they, they have to do that, but they also have to enter the giveaway. Well, the giveaway is going to be going all weekend, so we'll have that link up during her streams, and don't worry about it. God damn it. You have to be in Toronto, too, next weekend, so. Yeah, yeah, wow, this this went really well. I thought you set up the, the bot for the giveaway. No. Cool. No, I, I, I didn't do that. Love that for us. All right, well, we'll do that right after the stream, and share the link in the Discord. Um, so you just got to follow Nerdy Nightly on Instagram. You got to follow Off World Bar on Instagram and uh, then enter the giveaway for two tickets. Two whole tickets. Um, I, uh, I got, got a lozenge. lozenge. Smart. Very yeah. smart. I was going to say, like, I'll make you tea, but. After the stream. I'll okay, have some tea. okay, okay, okay. Um, chapter three. Ways of Honor. The Ways of Honor. I thought they were going to go into the ways in this chapter and they did not. They did not, no. There no. were no ways. There was just no honor. Mm -hmm. So honestly, the the chapter title's a lie. Yeah, how dare how dare they? Um, Avienda is being punished by the wise ones, and you know, not like normal ideal punishment, where it's like, you know, you're doing labor that helps the clan and everybody, uh, you know, get chores done. Uh, nope, she gets given like the most pointless, useless, boring public punishments. For reasons that we're not sure yet. Well, the chapter starts with them coming back from a scouting mission of the Sanchen, because they're now in Aradaman. Mm -hmm. And uh, she is with the... Uh, is it Ruark? Ruark, yeah. And he's like, this is a scouting report. Aviendo was there. And they're like, why, why, were, why were you there? Why were you there? Why were you there? Huh? You're, uh, that's not your job. And she's like, right, that's not my job. Fuck. <laughs> So she thinks she's, at first she thinks she's being punished for that. And they're like, that's not what you're being punished for. And she's like, well, fuck, the, what the fuck am I being punished for? And guys, I'm not going to lie. This is the only narrative so far in this book that I was kind of like. I have no idea what I the fuck is going on. No, I don't get it. No, I, I, I don't know. And we'll talk about it because it comes back up later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't know. I don't have any. I'm very confused. I'm as confused as Avienda is about this as well. But Because um, it, it comes across like it's supposed to be. That, like, the final test that wise ones must go through before they become wise ones is this, like, shame. 
mm-hmm. is like accepting shame as part of life or something like that. But they're doing it with Avienda in such a public way that if that is the case, it would be weird if All I Eel weren't aware of the fact that everyone dealt with this before they became wise ones. Yeah. Like, how public it is kind of implies that, like, everyone would know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I don't think it's that. Like, yeah. I, I think it has something to do with Rand and, like, the answers that she's given. And I... I, I I couldn't tell you. But uh, Rourke's there, and Rand is like, go kidnap the Merchant's Guild. And Rourke is like, we're not kidnappers. And Rand's like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. There, there is an element. Actually, you know what it might be? Uh, Ember, I just made me think of this. Um, It's, or to stand up for yourself and say, actually, no, this punishment is unreasonable. I will not stand for it. Maybe it is kind of in relationship to what's going on in the White Tower, where that one Aes Sedai accepted that Aleda demoted her, and so she got demoted. Here's the thing. So maybe this is a narrative of them needing Avienda to not accept it. Here's the here's the here's the problem that I have with that though, right? Like, the, if if that's the case, then what the fuck is the rest of their training for? What the what the they, Avienda and even Egwene go through this yeah. whole thing where they have to train to become wise ones and they have to fucking defer to the wise ones at every fucking given day. If they had like questioned, mm-hmm. if if they had questioned the wise ones in those moments, the wise ones would be like, "Uh, you're out, kicked out, get out of here." So so it, what what is the timeline that you're allowed to push back? If if that's what it is, I, I I don't know if I'm really gonna understand that. I think that's a great thing that you do have to teach someone like a wise one. But the problem is they spend the whole time fucking breaking you and being like subservient. Mm-hmm. You know, you spoke when you're spoken to, right? You 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 have to listen, you have to defer. What is the what is the changing point? What is where, where is I again the I, moment? My, What's the line? My problem with it is that it would be so public. With it being so public, sorry. It would be weird if every wise one, right before they became a wise one, was suddenly doing, like, tasks so shameful that everyone would, like, it draws notice how shameful these tasks are, right? Yeah. And so every wise one did some really shameful shit right before they became wise ones. That would be something that people would talk about because of the public nature of it. Yeah. And so I don't, if, if that's what it is, I don't know that I will buy that it was that hard to figure out what it was. Because as an Aiel who has watched Wise Ones become Wise Ones your whole life, because I'm assuming people become Wise Ones every year, right? I will be a little bit, like, Aviana should have known about this. Well, and, like, that was my first instinct. But, like, it doesn't make sense with the with the training that they've got. Like, you know, if you want yeah. to build somebody up to question why things are done and think critically... You have to foster that the whole time. You can't just expect them to suddenly, like, have that when you decide it's prudent for them to have that. Mm -hmm. And I do think that a lot of these factions fail in teaching their uh, apprentices to think critically and to question. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Shut up. You can't speak unless you're spoken to. That kind of thing. And I'm like, "Uh, sure, okay. They're just making, like, obedient puppets who can channel or do whatever the fuck it is. And if that's the case, like, I don't know if that's going to be very satisfactory to me because it's like they just change their minds arbitrarily at some point where Avienda can start questioning things, but she's not allowed to beforehand. And she has to figure that out on her own. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I, it's a weird it, thing. I, I didn't dislike it um, mm. because I think like the because the, the scene I, I didn't love this chapter so much. Um, then the the other chapter with Avienda, which one we'll get to, we'll get to it. That chapter I think is so fantastic um, that I don't mind this as much. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, there, there's an element of it where like I I I don't like the concept of you have to defy us to earn our respect. You know what I mean? Yeah, when you've been told that that's what is the wrong thing to do. Like it's I can't think of a real world like equivalent to that. I have not really personally been in a lot of very structured hierarchies to know. Yeah. Personally. Um, uh, Methany, thank you for that super chat. Thank you so Appreciate much. It. Um, I got your message. Uh, I haven't, I will message you back after the stream. I'm sorry. I haven't had a chance. You messaged me right before stream, so I wasn't able to like get back to you, but I will. Yeah. I thank you. Thank you for that super chat. <clears throat> and thank you for that super chat. Um, like if, if, when you go to school, right? When you, when you go to school, you spend 12 years, ideally, <clears throat> and I'm not saying that this happens everywhere, but ideally, the job of the teachers is to teach you to think critically. They give you the facts and the information that they have, and they no. try and teach you to interpret that in in your own way, right? To to have individuality. And it doesn't feel like any of these factions do anything along those lines. You are expected well, to obey and defer to whoever's the strongest in the fucking power. And I'm like... I think that part of that, though, mm-hmm. is that none of the teaching has ever really been fleshed out in any way. Fair. Like, we've never seen a lesson that makes sense. The I said I lesson plans are nonsensical. Yeah. Just, we don't have a clock. Random just people just tell you to come to their room and they teach you some weaves. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the, 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 <laughs> the lack of structure in the White Tower. It's amazing that anyone graduates to be an I said I, considering how Looney Tunes that is. Yeah. Oh, hey, Shariam uh, wants you to come learn how to uh, move water today. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm... Like, it's it's so weird. Jason um, Trainer, thank you for that super Thank chat. you, Jason Trainer. I appreciate the birthday wishes. <laughs> um, And so, I yeah, I don't know. I, I just wish the... I, I wish that if it was a lesson of her having to be defiant, that it wasn't done in a way that feels like because it's so public, she should have... She should be able to put together that quicker... Because she would have seen other people go through this. And I understand. Someone, I can't even remember who wrote it. But someone wrote, like, well, the, the um, Aiel don't talk about other people's punishments. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. But they still see them. Like, it's not like they, like, wipe their memories of them. Right? I, I feel like you would be like, it's so weird how we always treat the new wise women as Datsang for, like, a few days. Yeah, yeah. They get these, like, really stupid punishments, and then suddenly they're wise ones. It's, it's a really weird trend. Like, it's just weird that that keeps happening. Yeah. And so yeah. if it wasn't public, I would I would be more on board with the idea that it's intentional for that reason. Right. But I have to, I, I don't know. I'm just curious where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I think that's fair. Um... So, yeah, uh, Rourke and the Aiel uh, don't love what they're being asked to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, then Avienda gets punished, is, I think, mostly. Yeah. Mostly what happens in there. Chapter 4, The Gathering Storm. Gawain! Gawain. Gawain! Not Gawain. No, Gawain is Legends of King Arthur. Right, yeah. Gawain! Finally! It's been... <laughs> How long has it been since we were with him? Since that day we found out he was sleeping in like a... Like a book and a half. Uh, Gawain is trying to fight Gareth Brine. Good fucking luck. <laughs> and I just love that he's like poking dad. 
He's like, he knows that he's going to get caught eventually. He's like, oh, God, like this guy trained me. He knows all my secrets. Eventually I'm going to fuck up. And, but in the chapter, Gawain's like, oh, I just, I'm doing this for Egwene. Uh, that's why I'm fighting Egwene's leader, Gareth yeah, Bryan. Yeah, like Gawain is trying to reason this in his head so hard that he cannot, he, he just, this, yeah, this was sad. Because he's like, I'm pretty sure Leda is just trying to get us killed. And I'm like, you, and you're still here because... One second, Baka Karn says, <laughs> how long was the last wise one raised? It might not be in obvious generation's memory. Generation. I'm assuming they get raised like every year. Yeah, there's like hundreds of wise ones. There's, there's and... thousands of wise ones. Yeah. Like there's literally thousands of them. They must be raising them all the time, right? There were 400 with imagine? the Shy Doe at fucking um, Malden. And that is after surviving Domai's Wells and Kyrian. There's got to be, there's got to be tens of thousands of wise ones. I mean, probably like ten thousand. Like at I least, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at that number. Uh, Kareem, thank you for that super chat. <laughs> I mean, they've got to be raising them all the time. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kareem says happy birthday. Oh, thank you, Kareem. I appreciate <laughs> that. I tried the driver system in my Tucson this week because you talked about a Jordan Con. Enjoyed my first super chat ever. Thank you, Kareem. I appreciate thank that. You. That driver thank you. That driver system is is nice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, if you just think about like p p percentage of the population, like for it, it must be a certain number of people who can channel, and all channelers become wise women, and people who don't. People right? who don't channel be also become wise women. So I'm I don't know. There's gotta be there's gotta be five or six Aiel a year who can channel minimum. Yeah. Who are becoming wise ones, right? Yeah. Alright, so thank you for the super chat. Gawain is literally six books behind everyone else in info. Yes, Gawain's like, why am I not a Camelin? I'm like, that's a good fucking question. Go there. I inquired also to like, like to know. I think Aleda's trying to get me killed. And yeah. we're like, yeah, she yeah. has been for books. Solely, why we found are you still out here? That, we found out that Aleda wanted Gawain killed at the end of the Six? or the prologue after Dumai's Wells. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, goddamn, dude. Yeah. I, I, it's been long enough that I had almost forgotten that Aleda was trying to get you killed, dude. This, this chapter was just hilarious to me. I was like, oh, Gawain's here. He's trying to fight Gareth Bryan, I guess. I, yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, like, go talk to somebody. Scout. Yeah. Send a spy. Go get some info. Gawain is losing the information war. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, you know, Gawain doesn't have the greatest resources. He is being manipulated. Um, <clears throat> he just knows that he's being manipulated and doesn't do anything about it. I like Embrice's coming here. Yeah, Gawain. Gareth Bryan is here, who is protecting Elaine, which is my job, but I'm not going to do anything about that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Lightblind Fool says, I think they haven't announced the Gawain casting for the show yet because they can't find anyone that wants to play him. Are you fucking kidding me? I'll I would be it. Gawain in a minute. <laughs> show up every once in a while, mostly, like, lie in beds. Uh, I get to, like, make out with Egwene. Come on. Yeah, can't be mad at that, honestly. Maybe she'll have sex with me in the kitchen of her parents' inn. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> guys, boy. My favorite thing about Jordan Con was how many times we just talked about how weird it is on the show that they have sex in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was Everybody's strange. on board. Even whether you love or hate season one of The Wheel of Time, everybody agrees it's fucking weird that they have sex in the kitchen. Yeah. I don't... I still... I would love to ask Rafe about that. Like, I would genuinely like to know. 
please. Rafe, <clears throat> come on the podcast, please. This is your formal invitation. Somebody send this to Rafe, him. we will give you the most softball interview. We won't push you too hard on anything. No, no. We're, we don't want to know spoilers because we want to see it when it happens. No, But yeah. we will push you on why did they have sex in the kitchen of the inn. Why didn't they just go to a bedroom? Yes, please. Please someone clip that and send it to him. If you know Rafe, uh, say hi for us. Rafe Judkins, please. Come talk to us. I won't bring up episode eight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be off the table. Because I do, I feel bad. I feel really I, bad. I, that that is joke. I, I would love to have a like a very honest conversation about it. I, For, not from a like negative point of yeah, view. Yeah, why the fuck did you do this? But, but from as a, a like, like why, what were what the happened? decisions? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was it like? Yeah. I can't imagine. That must have sucked. Like, yeah. Oh, man, I can't, I really can't imagine the shit that they had to go mm-hmm. through to make that show happen. And just like, and this is this is a question that I don't think we would ever get an answer to, but I would love to have a real answer to the question, when you came back to film it, did you get additional budget for the COVID restrictions, because COVID restrictions are fucking expensive, or did you have to make episode eight with the same budget, but deduct from that budget to go to COVID expenses? Man. You know what I mean? Because that's a question I would really, I would be very interested in knowing. Yeah. Because I can't imagine Amazon put more money into it, right? So I, I, I would be very curious. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, um, that's pretty much that one chapter. That I don't think they would ever legally be able to answer publicly. Probably but. not. Probably not, but I'd be curious. Um, but yeah, I, I'm assuming at some point Gawain finds out that Alayda, uh, that um, Gareth works for Egwene, but... Yeah. I'm assuming. Could be wrong. Maybe maybe Gawain actually fucks things up because he tries to go uh, rescue Egwene. He finds out that she's being, like, beaten in the tower. Mm. And so he, he actually, like, fucks up her plan by riding in and, like, killing people. Mm-hmm. I could oh. I could see that happening. That feels very his character. Yeah. Um he fucks up the siege by trying to go after Egwene. Maybe? That would be interesting. I would actually like it if him find out about Egwene fucks up the siege. He's the one who brings the Sanch into the tower. No. I don't know how. No. I No, cuz I'd put Egwene at risk and I don't think he would do that. Fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. He's the one that saves Egwene from the Sanchin. Gawain getting a big moment where he gets to swing his big dick. Just be like, oh, Egwene, I'm here. And Egwene is like... Gawain, mm. Gawain's got husband dick. You know? I don't believe that at all. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh, I, I still Do I like, have husband dick? Huh? Do I have husband dick? What do you mean? I don't know. That was a term that you used the other day. Oh, that's right. I got that from you. I forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. That's funny. I'm not big brain enough. Um, no, it wasn't me. It was um, it was um, Phoenix. Um, Talia's friend at the cigar bar. That's where I came from. Oh. Um, anyway. Gotcha. Anyways, uh, a tale of blood. Is a tale of blood, chapter. chapter five. Holy shit, we're getting through this slow. It's gonna be a long book club, y'all. Uh huh. Rand is in Aradaman. Aradaman. Project Myrtle says, stop the podcast. We have to know. What do we have to know? I think what husband dick is. Oh, um. <laughs> it's when you, like, when 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 it's, like, uh, like average size and you don't have to, like, put into any work into it, you know? <laughs> like, because if you're going to commit to that for life, it's 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 too much. We were, you we don't were... want a massive dick, okay. right? I have a friend who's endowed 
well endowed. Who's well endowed to the point that's like it's difficult for his partners. Yeah, it's not a fun time. And so we were we were just joking about like, well, you 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 want him for a short time, not a long time. And I was like, well, I'm perfectly average. And Phoenix was like, you got that husband dick. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. that husband dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's what that's all. It is. <laughs> So a new term for you all to use in your daily lives. Um, And if you'd like to see my penis, subscribe to Amazon Prime and wait a few months. Um, (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? You don't know when it's going to come out. It'll be. It'll be this year. Fair enough. Nerdy's Uh, mommy's still there. She knows. No, no. She knows. She she left on purpose. Um, (laughs) Fino is not going to use this new term. Fair enough. Fair. You do what you want. Yeah. Anyways, the 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 Nerdy Weirdo Book Club. Back to books. Purple Aja, thank you for <laughs> popping in on your lunch break to talk about husband dick. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad you're enjoying this book more. I love this thank book. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that super chat. I feel a little high right now. Mm-hmm. I don't feel good. Did you take an edible? <laughs> no. Ah, oh, darn, you should have. <laughs> I don't feel very good. Oh, man. Uh, thank you for that one. <laughs> if you'd like to see my penis, subscribe to Amazon Prime. <laughs> That's going to be taken out of context in a fantastic No, but that is the context. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> That's not, you can't you know. take that out of context. That is just a true statement. Well, maybe they edit my penis out. Like, maybe they don't use a shot where you actually see my dick. Maybe. I don't know. It's not I like they did it. a close-up of it, right? Yeah, I know, I doubt it. But. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, there's, there's no context there. It's just. Anyway, I shot a nude scene for an Amazon Prime show. That's all. Wheel of Time. Uh, we are going oh to God. Rand. Rand. Rand's thinking. Rand is using that big old brain mm-hmm. of his. Um, Darlin's doing his job, getting an army ready in tier. Oh, is no Darlin can't be demanded. I don't think so. No. And then Harine is there, and he's like, "Why the fuck are my ships here?" And she's like, "Buddy, buddy." Chill the fuck out. Do you know how much time it takes to, to fucking sail get to, to, around to a sail? We have to get through all the Sanshin ships. We have to like load those ships. We have to man those ships. Like, there's a lot of like logistical things going on. He's like, no, I don't care. Give me those ships now. And she's like, are you implying that we're not going to keep our half of the bargain? And he's like, and then Cat Swain comes in and is like, maybe, maybe, different approach, maybe. And Rand is like, you know what? You right. No, that's not here. Isn't that when Catherine comes in? No, she comes in with the IEL. Who is it that... Oh, no, does Rand do this one himself? Rand just yells at Harim. But he gets over it. He gets... He, like, not calms really. down Not really. He kind of second. leaves with, get them here. He's like, no, no, you're right. That's not what I'm implying. That was... You know what? That's that's not what I meant. I just... I really need these ships. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, no, Catherine comes, comes into the IEL scene. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, it's same kind of beat. It's just Rand manages to navigate this one himself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Harine's just doing doing their best. She's like, "Yeah, I got you know strung up naked, but I didn't lose my uh, my title, so that's cool." I got beat to shit, but I kept my job. Is a weird like. <laughs> but I kept my job. Unemployment is. Don't uh, worry, I <laughs> I didn't get demoted. I just got my ass kicked. Is such a weird thing to be yeah. happy about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rand's also upset that nobody believes that the taint is cleansed, which, like, fair, fair I get it. I'm just glad someone fucking brought it up. Yeah, yeah, because that's frustrating, you know? He did this thing, and nobody appreciates it, except for the Yashaman, I guess. 
And I guess the I said I that the Ashman are bonded too. Yeah, I did love, though, I loved in this scene where Rand is like, I know how to deal with you. I will answer one question if you answer a question. Yeah. and Because Rand the- wants to know what happens to male channelers and the sea folk. Yeah. Um, and we learn, and it's it's interesting, right? You can either, like... You can die or you, you can, can die. <laughs> jump off a boat with a rock or you can be left on an island you to, like... You Jack Sparrow. To starve or dehydrate to death. Yeah, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, but, like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. So, you know, I you know I I if it was me, I don't think I would want to go mad. So I like I'm like I I, get I don't think it. you're gonna go mad. The, and I like unless there's fresh water and food on that island. No, I mean go mad with the taint. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know, like I wouldn't want to be in that position. So yeah, no, I would I would definitely take the rock and the quick. Yeah, just get it done. Yeah, I don't I don't want to just like sit on an island and bake to death. Without food. Yeah, I'm too pale with for no that. With no rum. MJ Daniel knows with no rum. No rum. No rum. Um, so yeah. So sad. Um, yeah, and then uh, Harina's like, you know what? I'm going to save my question because I'm going to have a long think about it. I was like, all right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping she would ask the question now so that we could get some insight into what the fucking sea folk want. But no, not today. No, no, no. Let's have some fun. This beat is sick. I want to take a ride on your nerdy stick. Uh, let's play a love game. Play a love game. All right. Well, like and brother, I will be at YetiCon this summer. <laughs> uh, if you're interested in having a threesome with Clarus and I, wow, you're just send your offering? application now. Well, we'll, well have no, no, a no, no, form no. There's, that you there's can a, fill a, there's a, there's, there's a, a vetting a process. Process, yeah. yeah, yeah. Forms need to be filled out. Yeah, that you have to go for some health uh, and safety wellness tests. Um, <laughs> fucking hate this. There's an onboarding process. Oh my god! Uh, if the apocalypse <laughs> yeah. happens, we promise we'll take care of you. You'll be debriefed afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you're losing it. Yeah, he's nerdy as sick. I am not nerdy well. Is sick. <laughs> Oh my god, an onboarding process. I hate it here. Uh, anyways, Cad Swain's point of view. I want to make that. I want to make a like skit for YouTube that's like. Oh, vetting a people couple, for threesomes. But like, it's it's a it's a threesome interview, but it is just it. But it's structured like a business interview, like for a job. So I see here that there is a, a gap in your resume. Where what what what's, what's going on here? That is so funny. Well, what were you up to during, uh, oh you know, uh, March of 2020 to October of 2020? Oh, COVID. Yeah, no. That's funny. That's fair. That's fair. Simon Roberts says, hopefully debriefed during. God damn. That's funny. Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what are your long-term goals? Um. Anyways, anyways. Ked Swain. <laughs> What is your worst quality in a threesome? What is your worst quality? <laughs> I'm too generous. Too too generous you, with my time. Do you have any references? <laughs> Can we contact them? <laughs> Hi. Yeah, we were just interviewing Margaret for this threesome. She said that you guys used to date. Um, yeah. How was it? You know, what is she like? Cool, oh, my cool, God. Cool. Okay, okay. We can work with that, you know. You know. Oh my God, that is so funny. 
Oh god. What's <clears throat> what's the list of special skills you'd put at the bottom of that resume? Don't answer that. Um We have books to talk about. We're only like halfway done. Uh yeah, Rand Rand throughout the chapter we see Rand kind of freaking out a little bit because he keeps remembering things from uh Luce Theron's time. Do you time. have experience with power tools? Mm. Sorry. Uh, mm. uh, anyways, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just fully lost the plot. Yep. Samurage is uh, not swayed at all by Maurice's feeble attempts to get information out of her. In fact, Samurage is like, ah, yes, I remember killing. Good times. Good yeah, times. Yeah, why isn't she stilled? Great fucking question. Like, you know you can heal it. It's not like stealing her kills her. And you can, you sh- honestly, they should steal her and then heal her and have a woman heal her so that she's so that less weaker. powerful. Like, you, so that she's not suicidal because she can access the one power, but you, like, you yeah. dampen her abilities. Yeah. Like, yes. Is it a harsh punishment? Yeah. She's the fucking forsaken. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, evil. She's uh, she's She's evil. She likes hurting people. Yeah, I just, so. there's just a part of me that is like, um... It's like, maybe we should, we should... Still her. her. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I Samantha A says you need a trial before stilling, right? I mean... Rand doesn't? Yeah, Rand just kind of just does whatever he wants to do, right? He took away people's lands and titles. He's changed laws. He's the king of, like, three countries. Um... Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think that, like, there are so many, who- there are so many women... Forsaken, who they've had long opportunities to take away their ability to fight yeah. in the final battle, yeah. and they haven't done it. And I'm like, y'all. Yeah. So, so look. Even if Rand is not someone to like deal out the pun, like even if he's like, no, I don't want to be like judge, jury, executioner, blah, 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 blah. He has many leaders of people at his disposal, right? You have, like, Rourke on a jury. You've yeah. got, like, Ted Swain. You know, like, you have Harine. Like, you have people who all, like, uh, can uh, listen. Maybe maybe objectively is the wrong word. Like, you know, she she mm-hmm. has caused pain and suffering of, of, of all peoples. But at least it's not like Rand just deciding. Like, sure, you get you get a group of people together to do it, people who are used to having that kind of responsibility. I'm just saying that stilling isn't permanent. No, no, you can still and like heal her. But they know they're the only ones who know how to heal it. So if they, if she gets back to the other Forsaken, the other Forsaken can't heal stilling. It's like only f- Rand's team knows how to do that right now. Yeah, it's like a fine, you know. Just it's, it's it's more like a it's more like saving people from her fucking bullshit. I don't know. I just think that like she is that they have a way to take away her magical powers without killing her. Here's the thing: if Fayil was here, she'd be taken care of. Fayil shows up and just stabs her. Fayil like, does What are we not doing, guys? What around. are we doing? This woman works for the devil. Yes. Yeah. Literally. Uh, well, and it's where the morality of our characters gets so like it gets weird, right? Is they get their panties in a bunch about shit, depending on the situation. Yeah, and it's, that's it's very so human, like though. that. That that is very very human, right? Like it, it, circumstantial people. People are emotional, and so circumstances change uh, opinions on things, even if it's not logical. So uh, I just think that in this case, now that they know how to heal Stilling, it's not even that big a punishment. No, I agree. It is temporary. Yeah, like Stilling is 
and it shouldn't even be called stilling anymore because it's temporary. You have a perfect way revoking. to temporarily do this. It's revoking. And I just think that they're like, they're not using the abilities at hand to actually do anything. Yeah. Yeah, like it's not like Simraj is redeemable. No, she works for the fucking devil. And she's talking about how cool it is to take the blood out of a person and replace it with something else so that their entire body is in the most excruciating amount of pain that someone can possibly imagine. Like, I, you know, I just, I, think I would just, uh, yeah, you know? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so Catswain realizes that they need to go about a different way to break Samaraj. And Catswain realizes that she also would not break under, like, pain of torture, so how would she break herself? Parker Card says your subscription to the One Power has been canceled. <laughs> uh, Lightbind Philosophy, what do you think she replaced it with? Oh, the blood? I mean, knowing Samaraj, it was probably, like, cum or something. That'd be a lot. At least it's a bodily fluid. Collect. Like, you'd have to... But it would dry up. It wouldn't be, like, a liquid anymore. You'd like, have to what? keep it... Like, come dries. Fair. You could keep it in a fridge. In a stasis box. She in just a stasis has a box. She just has a stasis box of cum. <laughs> Where does she get it all? From the warders that she strings up and forces them to die of pleasure. Oh, my God. She drains them using her, like, pleasure attack and then uses them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Samurai <laughs> used charm. It was super effective. Uh... <laughs> I hate it here. Um, yeah, Kat Swain is like... If what if Blue accidentally gives her a new subscription? <laughs> God damn it. All Nargs in our channel can uh, channel. That is... Facts. Straight yeah. facts. Straight facts. Uh, yeah, Kat Swain is like, how would I go to break myself? So I guess we're going to find out Kat Swain's weaknesses soon. Which I would love. That would be very interesting. Very cool. Very cool character moment. Uh, chapter six, where, uh, when iron melts, um, Burnt Ashman says, how high am I? I'm not high. I just really, just like, sick. I'm sick and like, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like push through and I, I just don't feel very good. You got this. You're doing great. <laughs> I'm trying. You're doing fantastic. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I woke up, I woke up, guy. I didn't, I don't feel very good, but I didn't want to cancel the show because we haven't had book club in so long. And like, I'm, I'm like trying, I'm like hopped up on coffee and like, I'm just, we're pushing through. Cake fund? <clears throat> cake fund, yeah. You want cake? No. What would make you feel better? I want those cookies. The we got Schmackery's cookies? cookies. Well, you got a whole coffee one. I know, so that one is for me. Do you want me to just go get you a cookie? No, 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 after the show, after the show. <laughs> we got another hour. We got to get through this. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Threx says, I hope you have a great nap after the book club. I might just go play Jedi Survivor. Oh, I'm not going to stream it. Maybe not. I might play it on my own first and then stream like a Grandmaster playthrough. Oh, gotcha. Um, but I, I do want to play it today, and well, also I don't want to stream. I'm going to be streaming it. If not today, then definitely tomorrow. You stream today I'm if you fresh. want. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. I will. But it's also your birthday. You know, we want to, I want to, you know, get you some good dinner and spend time, time with you. Don't worry about it. You stream. <laughs> You'll have fun. Um, Rodell is like, yo, we won. We won. We won, we won, we won, and uh, he's walking across the bodies of the people that his army, like, just sandwiched on the walls and murdered all of them. Uh-huh. And he finds uh, Turan, who is like, fucking got me, dude. Yeah, you got me. But the ever-victorious army, which has recently not been very victorious, no. if we're being completely honest. No. Uh, they they learn from their, their mistakes. Name. And they so this is like your last, this is your last one. And Rodel's like... <laughs> 
Yeah, probably. Probably. You know, you're not wrong. I'm going to give you a good death. <coughs> you know, give give good death. Um, And uh, I really like one of my favorite lines from this whole reading this week was um, uh, Rodell notices Turan's heron marked blade and is like, oh, man, it would have been awesome if we could have, like, crossed blades. And he's like, Hot. oh, no, wait, that's what we've been doing for weeks. What am I talking about? <laughs> and then he kills him himself. And I was like, Rodell's got honor. Again, Rodell kills the guy, mm -hmm. but it's the right thing to do. Because sometimes it's the right thing to do. Uh, and uh, I, I love the scene. I love the scene between the two of them. I, I just, I like, oh, fuck. I love Riddell so much. When people were like, you guys are meeting one of the best characters in Wheel of Time. I was like, I was sure. like, in the slog? Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now I'm like, yeah, Riddell Itoralde is one of the Riddell best characters. He is so interesting and and. Just, I can't, I, I like, I would love to play him. I'm not old enough, obviously, but, like, that is a character I would love to play oh, on 100%. a TV show. I'd like you to read Project Myrtle's uh, uh, chat there for me. Um, Dear Nerdy and Clarus, I am writing to express my interest in the open position in your bedroom as a highly motivated, detail-oriented individual. I believe that I am an ideal candidate. Oh, but wait, there's more! Where? In my previous positions, I've gained extensive experience in sexual activities, which I believe will translate well to the responsibilities of these positions. A. Hey. <laughs> uh. Woo! I, I, I love it. Ow, that hurt. Oh, don't do that. That woo hurt. Uh, well done. That's 10 out of 10. Very funny. I'm a foot too tall. I know, I know. I just like Rodell a lot. He, he brings a certain amount of mm -hmm. patient charm. That I, I find really um, different for this series. Uh, the Ruark and Gareth, and they all have this like gruffness to their leadership qualities that I like. And I think they're also interesting. But yeah. Rodell feels a little bit more like aristocratic. And then even like Davron Bashir, right? Yeah. He just has he just has this sort of like very casual sort of like, well, this is just what we're going to do today. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, it's really interesting. He's this general who is, he he is so patient and makes sure that he is so well thought out that by the time it happens, everyone is looking to him like, hey, your plan worked. And he's like, yeah, I know. I I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And I, I find that interesting. I, I just think he's he doesn't have that like gruff sort of um, exterior that I think Ruark Davram and Gareth Bryan all share. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that he... he he sets himself apart from those three, even though the four of them are all cut from a similar cloth. He sets them apart with just his with just his demeanor in a way that I, I've I find him very interesting. Yeah, um, Ricardo, thank you so much. Holy shit, Ricardo, for thank the, you. The super duper chat. Happy birthday, nerdy, and yes, yeah, Mirage should have been dealt with differently. It was lovely to meet you both. Get well sooner. Thank you, Ricardo. I appreciate thank that. Thank you. That's incredibly kind. Um, I don't know how she should have been dealt with differently yet, just because we don't really know the end of that story. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. um Fair. I right for, from what we've seen, I agree with you. I think that like if they kill her in the next reading, I'll be like, yeah, way to go. Um they know they're going to the last battle. Uh, yeah, you gotta clear some of the fucking three thousand year old sworn to the devil evil people before you get to the battle for all of humanity. This isn't some like regional dispute where you're like can like lock up your enemy. You're fighting the fucking like the the like horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not only do you know they're the horsemen of the apocalypse, but you know that like Semiraj has tortured cities to death. Fucking killer. Yeah. 
you, um, you, you voted out. Uh, Lightbinded Fool says, I see Iteralde as like a four, an 18th century French general. I, I like that. I like yeah. that description of it. Yeah, he just, he just brings a different vibe, and I'm really into it. I agree. Yeah, and we'll get to his part in the woods, where I think he actually is really, really interesting later. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, so Riddell cuts off Turan's head, because he's an honorable man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also like, there, he's like, there's no victory in war, but there is honor. And I was like, that's a fucking, uh, that was, that's a baller line. Yeah. Egwene is back in the White Tower. This is the same chapter for some reason. Not really sure why. Um... They and just, you know, had to make the chapter longer. <laughs> Fabusis, does Rotel have a BFF, BFF named Velveeta? Sure. I'm sorry. I... Rotel and Velveeta are cheeses. Oh. They're not cheese. They're fake cheese. Okay. I was in a musical once, which is funny, because we were at a party last night, two nights ago, and this guy walks up to me and he's like, do I know you? And I was like, yes. I did a show with your wife, Janice. And his wife, uh, we, we did a song where I was an alien who comes to Earth and I love Velveeta right, cheese. Right, right. And then I meet a woman whose hair is the same color of Velveeta. And I sing this whole song about Velveeta to her. No joke. Velveeta, Velveeta. Anyway, um, but she was a redhead, so it made no sense. But I literally had like a Velveeta song in a musical one time and it was great yeah that's that's interesting casting Egwene uh, is in the white tower talking to Leanne and the cell begins to melt yeah yeah those bubbles of evil are bu- bubbly very very bubbly uh, and I believe it's pronounced buble sorry the, the bubles of evil yeah. are bubbly Michael buble <laughs> melts Leanne's cell and um uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Galarna which I was like, oh, great. Leanne Diseases. is being, no, she's being saved by fucking, like, medication that you see ads for on television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Ask like your a, doctor about mucerin. Yes, but, uh, you know, don't read the side effects because they're long and extensive. You know what? Mucerin is the is the cure you take when you have Galarna. To be fair, they're both yellows. <laughs> I know. So. I just, I read this and I was like, mucerin and Galarna, those are not names. Those no. are medications. No, no, no. Like mucinex and mucerin, mucerin are too too close to one another. Um, but uh, yeah. So Leanne, who there has been in the same dress this whole time, uh, and is fully uh, just just so, just to like homage Robert Jordan's way of uh, writing about women uh, in these books, she's fully naked for this whole scene, which is what she's fully nude. She's washed her dress and she's hung it. And so she's like naked waiting for her dress to dry. I definitely missed that part. And so she, this whole, th- am I, did I, she's like fully nude this whole scene. And then her dress, the the stuff drips on her dress and then it turns back into like steel. And so her, they're, they're like, she's like, I'm going to need a new dress. But she's not wearing anything. I thought it was on. No, there's a whole thing at the beginning of this that she's it's hung to dry because she washes it every like two days or something. What? Wait, what? I I do I genuinely don't remember that. Uh blah 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 a bucket of water. After washing herself with a damp rag to clean the dress in her basin. Does it say it's, oh, wearing nothing while she waited for the dress and shift to dry. You're right. It's, I'm not wrong. I missed it completely. 
I am not wrong. She is where, Egwene is sitting there and Leanne is just fully like nude while her clothes are hanging. Yeah. And they're just having a casual, they're having a good conversation. You right, you right. And this whole scene, Leanne is fully nude and Egwene is like trying to like pull her and like trying not to like grab a tit doing so, right? She's like trying to grab anywhere but the breasts. Because they're easy to grab onto, but you don't want to pull someone out of <laughs> melting steel by their boobs. Uh, no, Jason, I just read it. It says she is naked. It 100% says she is no, naked. No, it you says she's wearing nothing correct. as she waits for her dress and shift to dry. Yeah, if you have the same books that we do, that is going to be page 110. Um, she talks about how she does that, but she's wearing it now. No, she's not. She's no? fully nude. Guys, we're looking at it right now. She's fully nude, this whole scene. Uh, AP, think about that super chat. A lot of random names Sanderson uses are based on real people from the Wheel of Time community who wanted to include Fern Wonder. That's so beautiful. I love that. Yes, Ooh. that's all right now. No, it is right now. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you for that super chat. You know, it literally <laughs> says... Oh. No, they're talking about it in the past tense. I understand. She's thinking the she's thinking of the mornings that she had to wait for the dress to dry. Not that that is happening in this moment. No, she's fully naked. Right here, right here. Right no, here, no, right it here. comes up again when she gets pulled out. What? Um. This is the, yeah, this is the page where it happened. Give me one second. You talk to them while I figure, while I find it. Oh, great. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I missed it. I'm confused. So, I'm... <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's weird. We're, we're reading the chapter. We're on page one. Oh, 12. okay. No, yeah. She is wearing clothes in the scene. Okay. I see... I okay, can I see it. how you got there, though, at least from that one sentence. You know what? It's fine. This whole scene, when we were listening to it in the car, I was like, poor Leanne is fully nude in this whole scene as she almost dies. But no, I, I yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? It's all good. It's, 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 all, it's all good. Uh, well, it's less interesting now that she's clothed, so whatever. How dare she have clothes on? I thought, um, I thought that, it, it, I, yeah. I, I, I miss, I misunderstood. This is what happens, uh, guys, we can't, I can't audiobook it. Because I just, I'm like, oh my god, she's naked, and I just accept that. No, I, I yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. Ow. That's, you know, and, and, and we, we didn't know that we weren't on the same page about it. Because we just both were like, yeah, I know what's happening. And this, this is why we do book clubs, so that you guys can correct us when we don't know what's going on. Exactly. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> Michael Kioski says, my low for this week is finding out that Leanne was not naked the whole time. God damn. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, Leanne nearly dies. Bubbles of evil. Very yeah. strange. Um, but she's not. She's fine. She's fine. They, they got to get her a new place to keep her. And then Egwene tries and to go. And finally home. a new dress. Finally a new dress. Finally a new you dress. Know, she deserves it. But uh, yeah, she goes back to her room and surprise it's not her room. The brown quarters and the novice quarters have been swapped. Mm -hmm. Take that, fucking White Tower. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, uh, Jason Renner brings up that she says nudity has no subtlety. I thought because they, she does bring up the, that yes. Ara Domans don't use nudity to be seductive. I thought she was talking about being nude in that moment in herself. I just missed that she was wearing clothes. No, no, no. I, that, that was totally understandable. But that is very funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, bla- the brown Aja is now in the wing where the novices used to be. And the novices are now up in the tower. It's got to be really embarrassing. Moving up in the world. Very embarrassing. The Browns are not happy about it. No. But Egwene is literally like, am, am I in the right spot? And the Reds are looking at her like, are you a fucking idiot? And she's no, like, no, no, no. They're, they're those two brown sisters in the hall. We're like, the fuck do you want? And she's like, uh, look outside. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. And they're like, no, no. But before that, the Reds are looking at her like, what are you doing? Yeah. And she's like, this isn't my house. This is not my house. If you were in Florida, that's a dangerous thing to do nowadays, apparently. Don't go up to the wrong fucking house. Wow. Fucking America. Wow. Uh, but, um. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, um. Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, the, the Browns, uh. I, I, I the, here's the thing. I feel like the Browns should be happy. Why? Because the Browns are now closer to the library. Maybe. Because then the, the library's down. So now they're, like, closer to their home. Uh, you know what? Sure, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna be, be super happy. They're gonna be fine about this. Yeah, yeah, no complaints, zero notes. Uh, chapter seven: The plan for Eridoman. Um, we've got uh. Naive... This is where we get that Cat Swain moment you were talking right, about. Right, right, right. We have Nynaeve and Daegi Daegian, uh, who's. You know, Dagan lost the, her water, and so, t- you know, to help keep her mind off of things, Nynaeve is like, yeah, I guess I should be learning the weaves that people gotta do for this test. And Nynaeve is like, wow, these weaves are really fucking pointless. But also, so easy. And Dagan is like, okay, do this one. And she's like, fine, Done. whatever. Dagen's and Dagan's like, like but, but that was supposed to be really hard. Well, because Dagan's not very strong in the power, right? I know, and I love that Nynaeve... There, there were a couple of times in this week's reading where I feel like Brandon Sanderson pointed at some of the dumb shit in the Wheel of Time. Yeah. And this was one of those times where Nynaeve, because Daigian is the weakest Aes Sedai, and every single person raised is stronger than her. She was the, she wasn't accepted for the longest amount of time. And Nynaeve is like, this structure is kind of fucking stupid, isn't it? And Daigian's like, like what, what do you what? mean? And I was like, yes, Nynaeve, thank you, yes, you're is. right. Nynaeve is like, it's kind of fucking stupid that you've been around forever and that you have to defer to any accepted who gets raised just because they're stronger than you, even though you have more experience. And yeah. Dagen's like, oh, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, maybe, but I'm not going to say anything about it. And I, I just, uh, the, I, I, I'm going to spoil it. This is my high of the week. Oh, okay. Um, is Nynaeve and Daigian. It's one of my favorite moments from the whole series so far. It happens right here. It's one of the reasons why I love this book so much is that Nynaeve is like, can I try and heal the border bond? And Daigian's like, no. And she's like, but you're in pain. And Daigian's like, I'm supposed to be. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to not miss him. Yeah. And that, to me, it was so powerful. Yeah. Like, it was, it was so powerful. I, I was so, like... I was so moved by Daigian, a character who, like, I don't, I, has not been in this enough for me to care. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I totally get Nynaeve's point of view, right? Like, Nynaeve looks at the world from the perspective of taking pain away from others, which I think is a yeah. beautiful concept. Yeah. But it can go too far. And, you know, like, there, there are doctors who 
have throughout history tried to do brain surgery on people so to cure depression and all they've ended up doing is taking away everything that makes that person them right yeah there's risks in that kind of healing and for Daigen to be able to articulate so well why it is okay to be in pain emotionally sometimes and yeah. the value of pain um I, I think is is really like stunning and I just no Daigen being like no no, no I, I want to hurt I don't want to forget him. I don't want I don't want this feeling to go away was just so unbelievably good. I I I really 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 loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this part like just gave me chills because there was so much growth here from on the two different fronts of the the pain uh, that uh, Daigen is going through and you know mm-hmm. Daigen Nynaeve is like would I want that pain to go away? If something happened to Lan. Yeah. You don't know what that's you don't know what that's gonna do. Like the the point of losing someone is that it does hurt. Yeah. Because of what that person meant to you. So do you take away what that person meant to you if you just like band-aid it? I it's it's a really interesting like like human question. Yeah, and it's it's honestly it's something that a lot of media deals with because most media by, by this point in a series as long as this, your main characters have suffered a lot of loss. What's kind of weird about The Wheel of Time is that most of our characters haven't. The main characters, yeah. Yeah, no, no, but, like, there there isn't a lot of loss. There isn't a lot of, like, emotion, the emotional weight of loss in this series. Mm-hmm. Because our main characters and their loved ones, for the most part, have survived. Like, Perrin's family would be the only one. But I think that Perrin is more affected by loss than other characters. Perrin feels loss. Yeah. And, and Perrin, like, the way that Perrin responds to Fayil's kidnapping and, and um, her servitude yeah. affects him as a character a lot. Yeah. But a lot of our other characters, Matt... Um, Matt, Egwene... Egwene, Nynaeve, Nynaeve Rand, Rand to some extent. Like, Rand, Rand is putting a penance on himself for women that he's lost. Yeah. But even that, like, none of them are as affected by loss as Perrin is. Elaine and Avienda, I don't think I've really, like, lost anyone. I, I mean, no Elaine's sense. lost her mom, kind of. Um, sure, but we actually haven't seen Elaine deal with that in any kind of capacity. And she hasn't yeah. allowed herself that to deal with that loss either. So, yeah, so... We haven't really seen a lot of characters deal with a lot of loss. Because lots mm-hmm. and lots and lots and lots of people die in these books. Mm-hmm. And and the the sometimes the weight of that doesn't feel at the forefront for some of our characters. I agree with that. Right. Yeah. Right, and at times does at the times not you know like like you said, Rand puts like a penance on himself, um, but yeah, because of the sheer number of losses, like it is interesting that it is not a more like prominent theme mm-hmm. and through line. I, I think it will be. Uh, we're heading into the last battle. I think that it really, really will be. Um, uh, Sand Denglokta says uh, Matt loses Thailand. I would not consider that. Something that Matt is going to be emotionally invested in. Yeah, like he. I don't feels know that he loved Thailand. Her. I think that he's like, ah, fuck, that sucks, and yeah. then he moves on with his life. Yeah. Um, Rand seems to deal with loss in a very negative way. Says me, Monk. I think that everyone deals lo- with loss in a negative way. I don't think that anyone is like. 
No one's really good at dealing with loss. Yeah, but I, I think that how you go from loss is important, and I think that we've seen that with Perrin, and I'm 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 glad that Diane is bringing that into the series because I think that is important in a series about war to discuss that and right? bringing it to Nynaeve as well. <clears throat> it's one of the ongoing discussions we have in Attack on Titan of like the the sh- the way the show deals with loss is sort of interesting and 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 sort of cold. Yeah, and um, uh, Wheel of Time can be that way as well at times. And I am enjoying, I really enjoyed this scene to have someone bring up the, like, kind of feeling um, that loss can can inspire in people, right? Yeah. And I just, I, I thought it was beautiful. I thought this whole scene was handled so well, and I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fantastic. Uh, so Nynaeve leaves Daigan to go to, because the Aiel are back, and uh, she's like, oh, that Randall Thor didn't invite me. And then she walks in the door and is like, Rand's like, <laughs> Rand is like, Nynaeve, I was about to invite you to this. And she's like sure you were cool great i'm going to i'm going to sit down then yeah, yeah, yeah i was i was ready to be so mad at you but i'm not i'm not going to be that yeah i'm not going to be that mad at you then okay yeah uh and yeah, so the Aiel show up yeah the Aiel are supposed to be like helping put Aradoan back together yes <laughs> which like i think that's a terrible plan Rand. just if i can put my two cents in there uh, letting a bunch of foreigners come in and try and like corral these people who have no uh, leadership mm-hmm. probably not gonna work. I don't know what you expected Ruark to do. Yeah. Uh, but hey, that's just me. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, I and I got it wrong before. This is where he needs. He is. He's he, laying into Ruark. Yeah. And Cad Swain. Now I expected Cad Swain to be like, shut the fuck up, stop being, mind your manners. But she doesn't. Cad Swain, behaving like a fucking adult who's a good advisor, which shocked me, goes, hey, Rand, take one second. Think this through. And Rand does. He looks at her. And and it is the difference between I am smarter than you, do what I say, and an advisor going, you are smart. You know what to do here. Just take a second. And this scene, I was like, look, I've been complaining about Cat Swain for books. Mm-hmm. Books and books and books. I know I've been complaining like Cat Swain about Cat Swain for crazy. And the one thing that I keep saying in that complaint is I just want to see her try a different tactic. And that's I've what said she it does. over and over and over again. And yeah. it would be hypocritical of me to see her finally use another tactic and not commend the shit out of her for yeah. stepping into the scene in a way that benefits Rand that doesn't belittle him, that allows him to keep his integrity and dignity in the scene, and improves his station. Yeah. And I was like, this is the fucking thing I wanted from Cat Swain this whole time. Yeah. And we got it. And honestly, I don't know that I'll wear my Cat Swain suck shirt on the stream ever again. I don't know that I will until she sucks again. But for Bold. now, I, I she's Bold great here. statement. She is doing her job in a way that builds Ran up. Yeah. And without just being belittling and bullying. Agree. She doesn't 100%. bully him at all. Yeah. And Cat Swain sucked. Cat Swain sucked. I <laughs> I just, I I was kind of stunned by it. I was like, oh, Cat Swain is behaving like an adult. Yeah. Who deserves her position. Yeah. This is nice. No, it's great. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I was like, if she had just behaved like this the whole time, mm-hmm. I never would have complained about her. The problem is that there's no reason for this change in her. Um, it is just a different writer. So it just kind of feels like a different character. But I, I, I'll i take it because I she doesn't yeah, just know, frustrate the shit out of me. It's fine. It's, yeah. I um, greatly enjoyed it. Uh, so Rand's plan is to just have the Aiel fix everything, uh, which isn't going to work. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to Rodel Iteralde. Yeah, he's pretty thankless to the Aiel, and I do feel <coughs> that. Um, he does... 
Uh, Rand does not understand the work that like Rurark and the Wise Ones are doing for him. Uh, Samantha A, Samantha, thank, thank you. you for joining the Nargs. Uh, to be fair, this whole time, I four friggin' books has been like two to three months. Crazy, right? No, more yeah. time has passed than that. Now, time starts book. passing in this book. Yeah. No, we met. We met. We met Cat Swain in book seven. Which it's been a while since book seven. James A. Smith, uh, I don't know where I got the A from. Cat Swain is the best, see? Still can't say it with a straight face. Thank you for that super chat. I, I, I'm i sure she's going to turn around and be awful again in the future, but I really liked her here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what she does next. Sorry, Kyle. They are uh, oh. ripping apart our roof. Kyle, our roof is being replaced. Um, so, so we. Sorry. I, I, I was hoping you guys wouldn't be able to hear it. But yeah. uh, yes, if there are bangs, I'm sorry. Uh, there are uh, men on our roof at the moment. Yep. <laughs> we didn't know that they were going to be here. Uh, they woke me up at 7.30 this morning ringing on the doorbell to get me to move my car. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyways, the plan for Arid Domen. Nope. That's the one we just did. Next uh, oh, um, chapter. Randy's going to have the Aiel kidnap the um, Merchant's Council so that they can install they a can new king. Make it. Yeah. 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 Next chapter is clean shirts. Oh my god. There's a bunch of mice in this one? What? Oh. The, the image. Didn't like see that before. Oh. Just a bunch of mice yeah. or rats? One of the two? I, I don't, don't know. know. Uh, Lelaine and Swan are having a discussion where Lelaine is like, I think the Amelin seat is so fantastic and we should do everything she says. And Swan internally is like, you fuck. Motherfucker! I fucking yeah. know what you're doing. I see you, you fucking fucky fuck. And then the lane is like, I'm gonna buy your debt from Gareth Bryan so you don't have to do that anymore. And Swan's like, so no! no! No, because I uh, can spy on him. And the lane's like, what? He's gonna betray it? Like, he needs to be spied on? No, no, he doesn't, like, need to be spied on, but, you know, like, just in case, if I were there, then I would be able to know and, you know, kind of, like, media, you know, you know This yeah. felt to me like uh, the D&D table. The, the DM is setting something up, and yeah. uh, you roll a deception check, but you roll well, but the DM still wants, the DM wants you to be successful, but wants to fuck with you. Yes. And so he's like, oh, so we ha so we need to spy on him, huh? And you're like, fuck, no, that's not what I, no, god damn it, uh, no, well, no, I just, I well, want yes, his dick. yes, no, yeah. <laughs> and, uh. Basically. This was great. Yeah. Uh, this is, um, oh, what? Albino says, I think that chapter symbol first appeared in New Spring when Moraine and Swan pulled that mice stunt on Aleda. Oh. This is Swan's oh. symbol. Cool, 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 cool. I did not realize. Uh, and so she does convince uh, Lelaine to let her go back to Gareth Bryan. So she does. Uh, yes. And Swan very um, aggressively pulls his clothing off of a uh, drying rack uh, because he's uh, reading in low light. And this is the most, like, just fuck already. I've ever been in this whole goddamn Just series. Fuck already. This yeah, whole yeah. scene between the two of them, I'm like, Swan, I don't know what fish metaphor you need, but like, dolphins fuck. So be like a dolphin and, and go, go fuck, fuck that man. Because <laughs> goddamn. Yeah, but instead of fucking, instead of fucking, actually, Swan is like, hey, you know what? I was there when prophecy about the dragon reborn was said, and Moraine and I were the only two alive, which means I'm the only one alive. And um, communication, isn't it nice? People are communicating. Let's go, y'all. In the wheel of fucking time, people are communicating. You love what to is this see shit? It. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. It's great. Characters um, who trust each other actually having conversations. 
What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful. I this, fucking loved this it. This was a beautiful fucking moment. I was so happy to see it. Um, and, uh... And Gareth Bryan responds with, like... Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I I get it. I get why you didn't I tell me. I wish you told me sooner, but like I yeah, get it. I understand all of this, and you know, like they trust one another. And then I also love that Gareth Bryan is like, "Say hi to Egwene for me." She's like that motherfucker. Like she's like so like mad that he's smart. You know, I'm like, no, you want the person that you love to, like, have some intelligence, you know? Like, you want to be on an equal playing field here. I think the shirt for today needs to be, so be like a dolphin and fuck the man already. <laughs> you guys want that on a t-shirt? Would you wear, wear that in public? <laughs> be like a dolphin and fuck the man already. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, that's funny. Um, Yeah, I loved it. So, uh, in Teleranriad, Swan is like, yo, Egwene, let's, we'll come get you. And Egwene's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. You figure your shit out. And Swan's like, by the way, uh, Halima is uh, a Forsaken. Forsaken. And Egwene is like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm like, so stupid. She, uh, she channels uh, side in. It's fucking crazy. And also, uh, and also Swan is like, yo, um, so Rand is going to let us bond 47 Ashaman? And Egwene is like, who gave him permission for that? And Swan's like, he's the dragon reborn. I don't, I don't know that he needs permission from anybody. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I'm but, starting. This is where I'm nervous about the trajectory of Elaine's. Oh, uh, Egwene. Egwene's indoctrination. Egwene and Rand. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to be. Pre- they're, it's, it's not going to be <coughs> a good time. Mm. They're definitely going to fight about it. Uh, but also, Egwene does learn about Elaida's fuck up by sending those people, and then they get bonded and yeah. trying to capture Rand, put him in a box. Swan is able to pass along some. Um, verification of some things that Egwene thought she might know. And in doing so, uh, gave Egwene a little bit more ammunition to use over the course of the next month. Yep. Because we actually, we get a time jump. We do. Which I did not expect. No, no, I was definitely not expecting that either. And we move on to chapter nine, leaving Malden. Uh, Perrin, do be fixing them wagons. Uh, And uh, it, it was hot. This whole scene, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sweaty men doing You get on the ground. Things. And, and he's like, I'm not wearing my nice coat. And I'm like, yeah, of course. You're fucking working on wagons on the ground. Why would, why would Fayel be mad at you for not wearing your nice coat? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the general, um, Alejandra's bitch, uh, is like, we need to get her away from here immediately. And Perrin is like, no. He's Did like, you what, just call what? Arganda Alejandra's bitch? Yeah, that's basically... That's the official title, don't you know? That's going to be who I play on the show. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, he's like, uh, got to get her out of here. And Perrin is like, no. He's like, but, but we got it. And Perrin's like, no. He's mm-hmm. like, okay, fine. Um, I do like that um, they're like, oh, my God, the the Ashaman with us, they're going to be tired for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, at no point in this series <laughs> have we ever seen a channel be exhausted for more than a night. That's not true, actually, after Rand and Nynaeve cleansed the taint. They were fine, like, three days later. It was only a few days, yeah. Yeah. They fucking cleansed the taint, and they were fine in a couple of days. I just mean it was more than one night. Perrin's like, oh, it's gonna work. We'll we'll march for a couple of weeks, and I'm like, they're gonna be fine. Yeah, I was like, they've made some gateways. a few days of rest, and they'll they'll be be good. Nicholas Reed, thank you for that super (laughs) chat. Thank you so much for the super chat. Unfortunately, I'm missing the live because I'm running a live stream of my own. Congratulations. Have fun. I look forward to listening at two times speed later. Happy birthday, nerdy. Thank you, (laughs) Nicholas Reed. I appreciate that. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, so... 
But Who's yeah, the next so uh, it's uh, Galeen comes over and is like, uh, we should go after this Shido. And Perrin's like, uh, don't worry about it. Fucking murder them on. Uh, no, and then Balwar comes over. Yeah. One of my favorite characters in this whole goddamn series. Fucking S. And is like, yo, um, maybe maybe not sending all of the fucking wise ones with the Sanjin. Maybe that was a bad idea. And I was like, thank you, Balwar. Balwar's got some morals. I mean, I, Which maybe is it's weird because he worked for the White Club. It might not be from a morality position. He wants the information that they have. Yeah. But I was like, I, I'm I'm glad the books aren't just skating over that fact, and the books actually do acknowledge the women that parents basically, you know, kidnaps into slavery. Yeah. Because it is the thing about parents' character right now that I'm slightly uncomfortable with. It's a bit yikes. Not slightly. You know, I am it's, uncomfortable. It's it's not cute. Not a good look. So I'm glad that there's someone who like brings this up. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 very very happy for that. I appreciate that voice of reason in the midst here. Um, Sean, uh, I agree with Sean here. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a bit late to put sensible narrative restrictions on the overpowered traveling law. I agree with that. Yeah, like I look. I know the Ashman are tired, but like weeks. But it's just the only. It's the only plot where anyone is tired. Here's the other thing as well. The Ashman can make a gateway big enough for one person and go trade off Ashman spots. Yeah, or they could go to Ray and be like, hey, can we send some Ashman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the things, don't worry about it. Does parents send anyone it. to go tell Rand that he was successful? Nope. Nope, nope. don't worry about it. Uh, later, later plot points. Nope. Don't worry about it. Uh, anyways, Tam shows up. Tam's like, hey, buddy, you know, uh, you, <clears> should, <throat> you should you should make sure that you don't just leave these poor Two Rivers folk. They, uh, they, they appreciate you. Um, it's, it's not that. Tam comes over and is like, yo, Are we you want to be king of Minethrin? <laughs> yeah, basically. And Perrin's like, no. And he's like, well, you're going to be. So He's kind of like, you know what? Sorry about it. I-, I feel like Tam is just trying to like soften the blow because like Perrin is going to land himself in this position kind of whether he likes it or not. Yeah. And so I think, I feel like Tam is trying to like put a cushion under his ass so it doesn't hit too hard. <laughs> but here's the thing. And this is, this is why I love the end of this chapter. Is Perrin is a little bit lost, and he's like, "Fuck, what do I do? Like, my whole goal was to get Fael back, and I got her back. What do I do?" And he's like, "The last battle. He's yeah. he's a man he's like, who he's I a man who likes a mission. Rand needs me, and I loved that. Yeah. And Tam being like, "Look, if you offer it, some of these boys will go home, but most won't. Most won't. Most and are going to stay won't. here. They I'm, are committed. Like Perrin is starting to gather soldiers the way Matt was for the Band of the Red Hand. You know what I mean?" Yeah. <laughs> and people people don't want to go home. People want to fight the last battle at Perrin's side. And I get it. They right? trust him. Perrin has done a really good job. That even like Ty Lee in the prologue is like, I don't want to fucking go up against Perrin. Dude's got big brain. And uh, yeah. I really like the way they set him up in this chapter. I'm gonna have to be right back. I was like, I can make it through. I don't have to go pee, but I, I love Everyone, wait, before you leave, show off your dress. You look so cute. Oh. Yeah, come Thank on. You. Show off the dress. Hello. Look at how cute she is. That's my wife. We dressed up for my birthday. I am wearing sweatpants, but we dressed up for my birthday. I just, I don't like my thighs sticking to the chair, but I wanted to wear <coughs> a dress, so I wore a long dress. Um, yeah. Uh, fun fact, did you know that the Nerdy Wordy Book Club backward is book, cube, yidro, yidrin? No, but I do now. <laughs> um, yeah, I also love, uh, what's her face? Has the, everybody ready to go? Or wait, is that another chapter? Is it Aravine? She's like, we're ready to go. All right, we'll start heading north. Chapter 10. The last of the tobacco. We get to back with Rodel Itaralde. 
Gotta show off that husband dick in the sweats. Thank you, Project Merle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta show off the husband dick. Who, why does anyone listen? This show is unhinged. Why does anyone listen to this madness? Um, Rodell has uh, camped out in a steading to stop the uh, trailing Sanchin from being able to use their channeling against him through their Demane. And I'm like, yo, Rodell Itaralde is a big brain. Uh, I really appreciate him being like, it's a crime to cut down these trees. It's also a crime to let my people die. And so I'm going to choose to cut down the trees. I appreciate him for thinking about that and for caring. The fact that he cares about that. He, he doesn't care enough to like not do it, but he cares about that. Um, makes him an interesting character to me. And I really appreciate that that left that in there. And he's just, you know, starting to get the steading ready as a trap for the Sanchin when a man appears to come talk to him. A man appears. A man appears. And he's like, um, what do you want? And Rand's like, I am the dragon reborn. Sup? How you doing? <laughs> and he's like, no, you're not. And he's like, no, I, I am. Uh, yeah. I can show you. I can prove it. Uh, you just have but, to leave uh, this dead So uh, Whether you want to or not, you work for me now. Do you think that Rand stopped hearing Luce Theron when he entered the steading? No, because he talks to Luce Theron when they're riding out to do the channeling. Oh, I thought that was after they'd already, like, when no, he, after they, he does the channeling. Him and, him and Luce Theron have a conversation that's a little bit weird to Rodell while they're riding to the border. Sorry, I thought that he that still happened after he channeled. Um, and so Rand is like, yo, you're going to die if you stay here. So here, here are your options. Um, uh, you work for me now. And you're going to go to the Blight and you're going to go fight in the Blight because the fucking Borderlanders aren't there doing their job for some fucking reason. And I don't want to go talk to them. Which, like, For you some know, other reason. You could definitely solve that problem if you went and talked to Some them. people are communicating. Not everyone. Some but people. some people are communicating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so Rand is like, um, yeah, so we're going to go, uh, you're going to go up there. And Rodell's like, no. What the <laughs> fuck? I'm not going to do that. And Rand's like, okay, what do you want? Uh, and Rodell says he just wants a, he wants our domain to have Sanchin in it. And Miranda's like, sure, fine. All right, cool. No Deal. Sanchin here. I, we got to make a truce. Now them, you work for me. But now you work for me. Uh, here's a gateway. Uh, get everybody out of here before you, you get uh, annihilated. Well, and Rand is like, hey, what could you do with some Sanchin? And Rodell Teralde just starts drooling. He he hears about Ashaman. And, not Sanchin, Ashman, and he just you I like listening to uh, Michael Redding. No, it's Kate Redding. What's Michael? Whoever his name is, the Michael Kramer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Michael Kramer. Read this. I was like, I heard the drool drip down Rodel Itaralde's chin. Yeah, just splashing onto the ground at his feet as he thought about the awe-inspiring war crimes he could commit <laughs> with the help of the Ashman. Well, that's not how I interpreted it, but fair. Look, if if Rand, with his fucking farm boy knowledge, can do what he's done with the Ashaman, imagine what a general who's been fucking annihilating hundreds of thousands of Sanchin Without with a fucking, magic. like, bunch of pitchforks. Yeah, the Trollocs don't stand a fucking Rodell is Rodell gets fully erect. Rodell is so hard in this moment that all of his generals also pop a boner just through, like, residual hardness. Right, right, right. In, in, for, for a sense of camaraderie, mm -hmm. you know? 
Uh, <laughs> Rodell has not felt this kind of joy since his wedding night, is what I'm saying. Wow. When Rand's like, I'm going to give you 100 people who can do real bad shit with magic. He's like, all right, let's fucking like, go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Rand informs uh, Rodell, because Rodell's a king's man, that uh, king's dead. Or been compulsed. Or his brain is mush. So don't worry about him. We're going to have to get a new one. One thing I really loved about this scene was <laughs> Rand being like, so like, do you want to be king? Yeah, do you, is that something that interests you at, at all? <laughs> but he's so casual. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need people to kind of help me out here. And like, you seem like pretty good at your job. So I your yeah. resume looks pretty good. It just is one of those conversations that you think would have some pomp and circumstance, but to Randy's like, I'm king of like five countries right now. I can't take on a sixth. Did you, did you want it? No. I'll, how about um, Amadisia? Amadi- you want to be king of Amadisia? Yeah. I got a few thrones I can give you. Yeah. Which one? Which one's top of your list? Which one's your favorite? Rand has like used car salesman energy. You know, he's like, "Hey, welcome to uh, welcome to Randland. Uh, I got a couple of thrones. I'd love to see you in one of them." I'd love to see you in one of them is fucking peak right there. Also, um, the the importance of the conversation where they're like, where Rand is like, most of them are sane. Yeah, you know, some of them are a little bit mad, uh, but they won't go any more mad, so don't worry about it. <laughs> don't, just don't ask questions. Rand is also super petty. He's like, I yeah, I cleansed the taint. Nobody fucking believes me. But I fucking did it. And Rodell's like, you good, bro? <laughs> this whole scene, everything about the scene was great. Magic. I loved it. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think, like, Rand and Rodell have, like, a great banter that um, was really established so well by Rodell being like, ah, fuck, I believe him. I also love the Taviran-ness being mm-hmm. described from the person, from the perspective of the person who's actually being, like, Taviran. Yeah. You know? From someone who is aware of their own mind enough to be able to clock what's happening. Yeah, to be like, this seems suspicious, but I'm still going to go along with it. It's just a really, it's, it's, this is a great chapter. I love, guys, I really fucking like The Gathering Storm. I don't know what to tell you. I've complained a lot about the last five books, but I was we so, back. I was so happy. We're back, baby. I get why people are like, just the, the just get, get to it. And mm-hmm. I, cause now I'm here and I'm like, I'm in. I don't know what it is. I don't know how Brandon Sanderson edited Robert Jordan's books to this. But, like, this is this is the kind of conversations I've been wanting these characters to have for novels. And they're finally having them. And guess what? I'm fucking enjoying the shit out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, look, there are still too many storylines. And I think that the bouncing around is too much. But I'm fucking enjoying the shit out of this. And it's so nice. And, and maybe it was taking a break and coming back to it. And, and there might be other elements to it. But it is very specifically things and choices within the writing that are making me enjoy it moment to moment. Yeah. Yeah. Next chapter, chapter 11. <coughs> 11-sies. Uh, the death of Adrin, who is the guy who turns into uh, lava, basically. <laughs> to tar that lights on fire. Yeah, some guy's hanging around. He's like, wow, it's like really hot. And his buddy looks at him and is like, no, it's fucking not. And he's like, no, it's, it's pretty hot in here. And Avienda's like... Why the fuck do wetlanders complain when it's so shameful? There must be some kind of honor in it. And I love that she tries to puzzle it out. It's like, okay, hmm, what is the possible reason? Mm-hmm. You know, if he shares his weakness with him, that that shows like an amount of trust. Yeah. So so it's got it's gotta be actually a very honorable thing to do. Yeah. And I just I love Avienda so much. Every time we get her perspective, 
I think it's so different and hilarious and insightful. Um, yeah, and so Audrin um, starts to clod his face, and tar lights the house on fire. And hot. the the use of because it was tar, I got a little emotional because this reminded me of um, Littlefoot's mom's death from Land Before Time. You know, but she gets stuck and then he has to run away. The and then... fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Why would you bring that here? Because it's it's like a traumatic memory from my childhood, and this chapter reminded me of it. Cancelled. Why am I cancelled? I didn't write fucking Land Before Time. How dare you bring up I the Land I did not traumatize time. a generation of children. <laughs> no, you're just re-traumatizing us now. Well, just I he was like melting into tar in the entranceway, and I was like, oh my god, it's just like Littlefoot's mom. Wow. Wow. I, I, what? Am I wrong? Thanks for coming to book club. We'll uh, see you guys next time. Am I wrong? Yeah, too soon. It's been 26 <laughs> years, I think. I don't know how. I, I might be longer than that. It, it might be. I don't I'm think not I sure, saw that before but... I was four. No. Five. No, I'm no. 31 now. Happy birthday. Happy I'm birthday. I'm getting old. <laughs> Happy birthday. Mm. Right, Chet? <laughs> and so Avienda starts to like, Melica. What is this chanting? I don't even know what I'm weaving. I don't even know what weave I ought to try. And where are you? Oh, I, okay. We went two different people, but it's fine. Already dead or bleeding. There is a river that I should try to weave into the sky. And then she makes pillars of water come out of the river and she crashes the, ra the river into the building. Yeah. Uh, and then she looks up and... Uh, Naif is also doing the same, helping her out from inside the manor, and they put the fire out. Yeah, they do it. Uh, the, sorry, that, that musical <clears> sequence <throat> was only for people who have seen Wicked. You're Everybody's welcome. seen Wicked. Not everybody has seen Wicked. Everybody has seen Wicked. Not okay. everybody has seen Everybody's seen okay. Wicked. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I love that Avienda's like trying to throw dirt and sand at it. And he's <coughs> like, oh yeah, I'm in the fucking wetlands. Mm -hmm. Of course, these people just use water to put out fires like fucking noobs. Um, so yeah, so she does it, and, uh, Melaine comes over and is Not like, yet, no, 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 oh, before no. Melaine comes over, Rand walks out of the house, and starts yelling at the sky, hey, I'm dark here. one, come fight me yourself, hey, you wanna, you want some of this, I'm fucking coming for you, dark one, my name's Rand fucking Althor, and I'm gonna come whoop your ass. You want to leave them alone because every time you kill one of mine, I'm going I'm to take this fist. I'm going to take this stump. You took my hand. I'm going to take this stump. I'm going to shove it so far up your ass. You're going to be spitting Moradin's balls out of your mouth finally and goggling that motherfucker. Come for me. I'm coming for you. Let's go, Doc One. And Elaine's just watching, or Avid is just watching him like, like is he okay? Yikes. I don't, everyone's ever just kind of looking yikes. at him like, oh, Everyone's fuck. like, uh, yeah. I just love it so much. <laughs> no. I, I cannot wait for this scene of the TV show. Oh with my everyone God. standing around and him just, like, waving his stump at fucking the dark one in the sky. Uh, uh it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And then he just, like, he's like, and I'm done. And he goes inside and goes to and bed. And he just leaves. He literally just leaves. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? And Avianna's like, is he... Is he sleeping? He what the fuck just happened? Yeah, because he, like, goes away, and suddenly he's, like, chill again. And she's like, wow, he's fucking worse than Elaine pregnant. Like, oh, my God. This scene, like, this this chapter is so, everything about this chapter is so fucking good. From Avienda, like, like 
feeling shame, but like going through that whole honor conversation with the two of them in the heat, and then the, 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 using her channeling into the Rand moment into. Oh, that's what's on the cover. Is his stump? He's like waving it at the dark one. <laughs> that's the cover of the book. I'm gonna shove this stump so far up your ass, dark one. I'm gonna shove my stump all the way. Uh, that's great. Semiraj made it the perfect shape to penetrate that rectum. Um. <laughs> that's not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. Uh, Colonel Sanders. I, wait, wait, I love the word penetrate. I know the that word you penetrate do. sounds like you are penetrating like yeah, no, I, yeah. somebody's ear with the word. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, fucking. It's hate not it. an onomatopoeia, I but it almost consent. feels like it should be. You're not allowed to penetrate my ear. Okay, I can't tell you that. You cannot penetrate my ear. I do not consent. Oh my god. Colonel Sanders, welcome back to That's so funny. this fucking nonsense for nine months. How uh, funny would it be if the show would have used a New Jersey Goomba as the actor for Ram? I would love it if that was the Sanchez accent. Like, because Rafe says in that video, he's like, we didn't go, we we allude to Texas, but we don't, like, go full Texas. And I would love if they meant that, like, they went with a different American accent. Mm-hmm. And Tuan's like, hey, yo, Matram Cotton, you, uh, you look pretty good in that hat. God damn it. How about you, uh, become my toy, you know what I mean? We'll have some, uh, bada boom, bada bing, nah. some babies nah. together, you know what I mean? I, I'm going to be on the crystal throne. It's just worth, uh, solid gold. No. Mm-mm. Hate it. <coughs> Hate that. <laughs> Not a fan. I think they're gonna make oh up a God. fucking accent. To be honest, I think it's, I, I'm I'm excited for it. It'll be something. Um. um all right. So um. So, and this is when Melaine comes. Melaine over. walks over. Yeah. Melaine is like, wow. You know, your weaves are like pretty rough, but you're powerful. So uh, you know, you could you could be no, really Malayne good as an nice tonight, isn't that? Oh, Maurice. M- Maurice the other says that. Thing. Maurice is yeah. like, yeah, you could be great as a nice to die. Somebody would fix your weaves for you. And then and Maurice is like, shut the fuck up. Arzu, thank you for that uh, super chat. Have a super chat just because you're making me laugh so hard I can't breathe. Please breathe. Oxygen is good, uh, but thank you for the super chat. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to clip that out and be like uh, a dramatic reading of Rand's speech from... Can somebody clip that? Oh my god. Um, yeah, and then Melaine comes over and is like, that Marie doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about here. Your roughness to your weaves, my ass. Mm-hmm. Your, your weave, fucking your, your talented. Your smooth as silk. Smooth as silk, yeah. You just use the river's own energy against the fire. And Avian is like, like, oh, that's what it, oh. If you say so. Okay, yep. That, um, okay, that checks out. And then we get uh, Avienda using her big brain. And this is another moment that, like, these characters are starting to be intelligent. Dare I say, what? what is happening? Guys, guys, Brandon Sanderson took over and I am, I'm, I, uh, fuck. I don't want to like disrespect Robert Jordan by being like, oh yeah, I'm enjoying this they again. They make a good team. But oh yeah, I'm enjoying this again. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it's they reminding me of like, this reminds me of Shadow Rising. Yeah. Of how I felt reading Shadow Rising. Yeah. And that feeling has been gone for a while. But this conversation with Melaine is so good, where she's like, "What? how do you feel about this? And Avienda gives the right answer, and Melaine has a little bit of a smile. Yeah. And it's fucking great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It, 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 this one this one brought me joy, for sure. Yeah. Um, it sparked joy. Yeah. And then, and then they punish her again. <laughs> yeah. 
Basically. I'm hoping that's almost done. I, I hope we get through that. I hope that's not like the climax of this book and we don't have to read about her doing random punishments for like another 700 pages. <clears throat> but uh, Avienda feels proud because she gets a good compliment from a wise one, which doesn't happen often. Doesn't happen often. Nope. Um, then we get chapter 12, Unexpected Encounters. Yeah. And... Uh, the Nasa, thank you for that super chat. Nerdy's energy when sick is my energy on my best date. Man, welcome to the, back to the book club, Nerdy. Thank you, I appreciate it. Your excitement and songs and impressions have been missed. Thanks for sticking it out to get here. And that's the thing, like, sometimes... Thank you. Sometimes you just have to stick it out. You have to keep going. Yeah. And I'm glad that we have. I'm glad that we didn't fall off. I'm glad we had book club, because I would have not finished the series if it weren't for book club. Yeah. And so I'm so glad that you guys pushed us to get here, because I this was a great week of reading. I Really, like, really, really good stuff. Yeah. And, like, emotional. There's one thing we haven't talked about much. Okay. Um, that happens a couple of times before we get into the final chapter. Um, where uh, there are anecdotes from the youths of our, some of our children, of, of, of some of our characters. Some of our children. Um, you know what I mean? Like, Brandon Sanderson at, writes in, Perrin has one, um, where he's remembering uh, his childhood. Uh, and it was really nice to have these, like, beats of these characters in POV remembering something from their childhood that, that influenced how they are now. And then being like, this is why I'm like this. I really like that. And it's something that Robert Jordan didn't do very often, so I feel like it comes from Brandon Sanderson. But I think um, mm-hmm. there, 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 those two moments, I think uh, there's another one. It was either Nynaeve or Egwene. I know. I'm trying to remember. Trying to blank on the other one. But the, those those moments of these characters, like, reflecting on their lives um, were, were, were very special to me. And I, and I was grateful for it. And seeing how it's influenced. That, like, like, yeah. being, like, having that uh, measure of awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I'm try- it's going to bug me what the other one was because I remember it now. Yeah. Like, I, sorry, I remember, like, we, like, noted on it. And I was like, no, it's been really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, Aristotle says it was all in Jordan's notes. Uh, sure. And I'm, I'm sure that all of these things were in Jordan's notes. But I don't know that Jordan wouldn't ha- would have written them into the books. Right? I think that what Brandon Sanderson did in bringing those things actually into the prose of the novels, um, that Jordan might have had as, like, background information... Um, Egwene uh, remembering she's an innkeeper's daughter. Yes, yes, that was the moment. Yes, you're right. Um, Thank you. But not remembering that while in the innkeeper's daughter, she fucked uh, in the inn uh, where everyone could have seen her. So uh, yeah. interesting that that didn't come up. <laughs> but no, I, I think that like I believe that it was in Robert Jordan's notes. But Brandon Sanderson's the way that Brandon Sanderson weaved it into the prose of the novel really informed our characters this week's reading in a way that I I really liked. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we got one more chapter to get through. And it's, it's a beefy boy, so buckle up. It's a beefy boy. Uh, Maidani is finally like, yo, come to me. And Egwene's like, okay, god I, damn it, it's been a month. I will. But first, but first we go to Benoit. If you go to the Café du Monde in New Orleans' uh, French Quarter, uh, you can go to uh, that place and get the best beignets in New Orleans. Yeah, so, so beignet, uh, beignet is like... <laughs> Having some issues with her ajas because <clears throat> Egwene lets slip some information. Yeah. And Beignet, like, you know, it's kind of just asking about it, maybe inquiring. And she pissed off her aja and they're mad at her. Yeah. And she's like, so hypothetically, if somebody were to have done this thing, and Egwene's like, wow, kind of subtle. Uh, and mm-hmm. gives her some good advice, you know. It's uh, let her know where she got it so that they're not, like, worried about, like, plugging a leak. Like, they 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 don't have to put in all of this work of trying to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, save them the headache. Just, like, be honest. And I was like, well, honesty? And uh, Beignet gives Egwene the first sign that some of the I said I might start treating her like the Amaralyn seat. 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She doesn't get written a punishment. Then uh, she's taken to see Nagora, a white who needs help with a logic puzzle about an angry warder. Uh, and she helps funny. her out. Yeah. 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 And, then... and is just like, just fuck him. Like, <laughs> have sex with him. Egwene is also is like, yeah, didn't get punished for that one either. I'm two for two. Let's go. Uh, and then she goes and talks to Sawan, uh, which we lost our shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, because this this starts with a one month time jump, which I thought was strange. But then she's like, Swana. And I was like, Swan is in the what 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 is happening? No, Swana is a different ice. Different knife. character. Swana is a new character. Yeah. Um and uh Swana's a sitter, and Swana wants Egwene to become a yellow. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, it's not about having an aff- uh, affiliation for, for healing. It's about like wanting to make things better and and yeah. like you know, and and having that selfless quality which not all yellows have yeah uh, but it's, it's interesting because the way she talks about it is how it would describe the blues like i feel like when it comes to like fixing like political divides i would feel, say that that is the like blues the kind of yeah yeah it's just interesting there there the ajas have a lot more in common than any one of them wants to admit yeah any of them and it's very interesting to see but can you can you imagine swan and swana talking in asana because we we see no. we see um, Moraine goes to Asana in the show with Megan, right? Oh yeah, the and so the, the the White Tower clearly has saunas. Yeah. So how often? I mean, Swan is a sitter. So how often do you think Swan and Swana were talking in Asana with Sean, 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 and Shauna? Yeah. <laughs> ah fuck. <coughs> um, but it, this this whole scene, all the, this, this this like little montage is this great moment of really seeing how Egwene's effect uh, and also she walks by some novices in the the hallway and they curtsy to her. Yeah, um, and she's like, oh, I hope they don't get in trouble for that. Uh, one. Egwene is having an effect on the tower that is that is measured by her actions and her character, and not not like her character like narratively i mean like her character and who she of is person, yeah. and the way she's treating people and like i'm a little concerned about how she's starting to see rand but the way she's treating everyone else i'm really enjoying and i i thought uh michael kirsty says is this seem like a west wing walk and talk do you know what i would give do you know what i would give for aaron sorkin to write the political white tower shit in the show it would be fucking rad it would be so good if you say so i like aaron sorkin a lot I believe you. Um, Swan and Swana talking about a swan in the sauna. Uh, anyways. That's going to be my new vocal warm up. Swan and Swana talking about a swan in the sauna. I hate swan it. Swan and Swana talking about a swan in, swan in the sauna. That's hard. No, oh, no, wow. Yeah, that's like a hard it. one to keep. That's Swan garbage. and Swana talking about a swan in a swan sauna. <laughs> swan and Swana talking about a swan in a sauna. There you go. <clears throat> there we go. Uh, Fifth time's a charm. So we finally go see Maidani. Um, Gwen's like, yo, why are you putting up with this? And Maidani's like, I fucked Elena in high school. Basically, we were pillow we exes. It hasn't gone well. And she's like, you should leave. And Midani's like, I can't. And Egwene is like, what do you mean you can't? She's like, I wait, can't. Wait, 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 wait. Sean, Allison Janney for Alita. I don't know who that is. Sorry. Allison Janney plays CJ on fucking The West Wing. Oh, my God. Allison Janney as Alita would be unrivaled. Oh, wait. So, sorry, what were you saying? I haven't seen it. 
uh, yeah, Madani's like, can't leave. And Swan, uh, Egwene is like, why? She's like, I can't. And Egwene is like, well, just tell me. She's like, I can't. But I can show you. Well, no, that's not exactly. No, Egwene says that. Egwene's like, can you show me? And she's like, I maybe. Maybe. I don't know. And 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 like the, she's like, do you do you believe on the Amberlin seat? And she's like, I don't know. And Egwene is like, all right, well, I'm gonna show you how to travel, and we're going to travel down there. <laughs> yeah, because the Reds the can't. The Reds who are following me can't know, but yeah. I can't. I can't actually travel because the fork route. So I'm gonna show you. And yeah, they they travel down to the basement, and. And One thing you'll if you if you're listening to this and you've listened to past shows, you might be like, they haven't been talking about random violence against women very much this week. It's almost like it doesn't happen very often. And it finally happens in this scene. Mm-hmm. And it happens because they're swat they, they go into this room and it's Yukiri and all of the people who are um putting oaths onto the uh rebels to make them work for them to find dark friends within the tower and to find yeah. Black Asha. And they swat Swan a couple of times in this scene. Egwene. Egwene, sorry. And I loved it because Brandon Sanderson used it as a device to have these characters diminish their own power in the scene by using by attempting to use violence to dominate someone that they can't dominate with violence. Yeah. And so each time they hit her in the scene with the power, it is actually diminishing their power within the scene because they are losing control of their ability to negotiate with her. Yeah. And this is how you use that kind of violence. Mm-hmm. You, you you use it sparingly. You don't have it in every single chapter just kind of randomly happening. You use it when it matters to the storytelling and you use it to say something about the person doing the violence as well as the person they're doing violence against and the relationship between those characters. Yep. And Brandon Sanderson is doing that in a way where like, look, I still don't love violence against women. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not like pro it. But I'm saying that it is being used in a way to tell a story about the power dynamics between these characters. It has a purpose. It has a purpose. As opposed to just being there yes. over and over and over again. And that was kind of my problem with previous books is that there was a lot of like, fuck, like, I get it. They're spanking each other. I don't care. Yeah. Because there's no reason for it. And here that you could tell that they were hitting her because they were desperate. Yeah. They were desperate for power over her because they are scared of her. Yeah. And all of those things come across in two moments where it's just, and that switch of air smacked her on the back again. Yeah. And there was so there was so little in it. And it gets to the point where because of those little swats and because of how ineffective they are, when Egwene does kind of go, this is my fucking room. I am the goddamn Amerlin seat. You will respect me. It works because they have been diminishing her and belittling her and it doesn't work and they're chipping away at her and nothing comes off and so at this moment where they're like you are not the Amelin seat and she's like the fuck I'm not they kind of go yeah fuck yeah shit what do we do (laughs) it is it is this is such a good scene on so many levels I yeah I don't know I yeah. just, I loved it. No, brilliant. Like, every, every, every moment of this, like, not a, not a line was wasted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it felt so, like, I don't know, economical sounds like not, like, the right word, but it is in a sense that, that everything here was here for a reason. Mm-hmm. I also realized that um, we get to find out what's in the basement in both Wheel of Time and Attack on Titan. <laughs> In the same week. This week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, got him. But uh, yeah, so so um, Egwene finds out that they have made Maidani swear another oath. Mm-hmm. And Egwene is not happy about it. And Egwene is kind of like, okay, well, you know, when I get the tower back, like, this information is going to come out. And it would really suck if I had to present it as though you were not cooperative with the Amarillan seat 
and uh, and putting the tower back together. Mm-hmm. And they're like, shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, we'll 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 talk about it. You know, we're gonna. We're going to figure out how to move on from here. Because, yeah, what they've done kind of fucked up. On one hand, I understand it. They are looking for literal agents of the devil. Yeah. But they are, like, putting putting this... And like Green basically says it. It's one step away from compulsion yeah. on these women. Um, and that's that's inappropriate. And Green uh, still does not... Realize her hypocrisy with uh, her the people who have sworn to her as well, but she is treating them better though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's again, it's different levels. It's it's the yeah. difference between the, the, it's it's the difference between Gwen being like what you're doing is wrong, and with Aleda being like I would never be like her. And I'm like, oh, Gwen, I think that you need to realize you're more like a later than you think. Yeah. So that you don't make the same mistakes that she's made. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah a thousand percent. And I think that what we're seeing in this scene is a Gwen kind of lays out her platform for what she, kind of Amerlin she would be here. And I think that because she lays it out in a way that everyone kind of gets on board with, mm-hmm. that's how, it's almost like she's running a political campaign. Yes. She's running for Amerlin throughout these chapters, and I think that we see her running very successfully here. I think that she's putting up a defense against Aleda that is is crushing them. Yeah. Because the, <laughs> the even the women are like, you're not the Amerlin. And I'm like, and uh, uh, Gwen's argument is, look around you. Would you rather deal with this or with the person who's trying to solve it? Yeah, and I love that Egwene is like, yeah, okay, send me for a spanking, and I will tell Sylviana exactly where I was, and yeah. who was there, and where I was supposed to be, and I wasn't. Like, you know, it's like, go for it. It's go just, for it. I, I feel like Egwene, in this chapter and the last chapter we read, is, the, the way Brandon Sanderson writes her internal monologue comes across so intelligent. Mm-hmm. And I'm because she's this character in this position of power, I'm really loving that. Yeah. Because I feel like she's playing a political game very well against opponents who I think are also good at it. Yeah. But are on their back foot because the position they're in is so fucked up. Yeah. And so alien to them. Yeah. And I, I just think like the the way he crafted this scene um, and, and the, the 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 very subtle chips away at the power that Egwene slowly makes until the end of the scene where they walk out of the room and they go back and Maidani is like, you really are the Emerald Seat. Yeah. And like you feel from, from the moment she walks into Maidani's room to the moment they leave the basement room and she says that, Maidani says that, you you see the full arc of what gets Maidani there. Well, and, and not just Maidani, but like planting the seed that all of these people were involved in an illegal, like, coup, I guess. Yeah, because, yeah. oh, you found some Black Aja. And some of them are sitters. And at least one of them is a sitter who deposed Swan. Which means mm-hmm. that that vote was, it doesn't count. And you guys all fucked up. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And it, it forces them to really look at their own actions and how to move on from there. Because, yeah. They fucked up, and they they have they have their own proof of it. Yeah. Um. It, it all comes full circle, which um, uh, you know, I definitely think Egwene is going to use to her advantage the fact that mm-hmm. they were able to find the Black Aja, um, and it it helps prove her legitimacy at becoming the Amaralyn, um, and and being the Amaralyn, right? Because she 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 is, and she is behaving that way in the same way that what's her face was demoted to accepted, and she started to behave as an accepted. Yeah. Egwene is behaving as the Amaralyn seat, 
and she is literally running a campaign right in the middle of the White Tower. And and also the the math working. the math element of like were any of the sitters who raised Aleda Black Aja because she had a minimum number, so that vote doesn't count. So technically, technically Aleda is not technically the Emerald seat either, right? Yeah, really like that. Um, uh, Dakuna says, uh, to be fair, I've been trying to find it back where I found it, and I don't know the full extent, but I think RJ wrote all of these Egwene scenes. Mm. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think, I don't think any of these books from now on are fully Robert Jordan or fully Brandon Sanderson, right? I think that all of this is going to be Brandon Sanderson, even the stuff that Robert Jordan wrote, I'm almost certain Brandon Sanderson edited. And... Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's I, I feel like that's I feel like that collaboration between the two writers is why this is working so much for me and yeah. why the stuff that they complement one another they co- it complements one another really well yeah yeah but you know there, there, there's an element of the writing that feels a little bit more modern and a little bit more there's a little bit more pace to it in, in every chapter there's a little bit more pace to the dialogue mm-hmm. and there's a little bit less description and yeah. so even I haven't if, read a full chapter that I thought Robert Jordan wrote that entire chapter in all yeah. 13 we read. Even if Robert Jordan plotted out the whole thing for every single character, you know, when, when for example, when a musical goes up, you've got the lyricist and you've got the composer, right? Mm-hmm. They each they each had different jobs, but they worked together to make a thing incredible. And mm-hmm. this definitely feels like a collaboration and Robert Jordan built up those foundations, right? Like Robert Jordan, you know, deserves his name, right? Big, bold on the top, right? Mm-hmm. But they, they, they just made such a good team and I'm yeah. sure Harriet probably contributed to that. And like we said earlier, they, they had to make this special because... Because of what it meant to the fans and what it would have meant to Robert Jordan. I also think, like, if you... there, There's a lot of composers, wonderful composers, who just write melodies. And then an orchestrator comes out and fills out the song. Mm. And there's a lot of, or there's a lot of like, Broadway-winning composers who can't write sheet music, who don't know how, you know. And a, a composer's the one who wrote down the violin part, so wrote, you know, and filled it out. Yeah. And I think that, like, that kind of collaboration is what makes art so special. Yeah. And I, I feel like the the beauty of this book isn't that Brandon Sanderson fixed Robert Jordan's series, but that yeah. Brandon Sanderson came in and collaborated his voice into the series in a way where the, the the harmony of those two voices together is really working for me. I don't think that this is a Brandon Sanderson book or a Robert Jordan book. It is both. And I think that the the, the harmony of those voices is coming together in a way that is really livening up a series that I was starting to struggle with. Yeah. Clearly, right? Like, there's months of book clubs about how I was struggling with the series. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that if you've watched any of those videos and you're watching this one, I, I am in a different place with it. Like, I feel differently. I'm also very sick, but I, I feel very differently about it in a way that I, I think that the... It is the thing I've kept saying. I think Robert Jordan needed an editor to help him with pacing. And it feels like that's what Brandon Sanderson, Brandon Sanderson has done more than anything else. Is just be like, I'm going to take this brilliant thing that Robert Jordan came up with. And I'm just going to give it momentum. And this book, even though a lot of these plotlines don't move that far forward, it feels like there's momentum in this book. Yes. And yes. I'm loving it. I just, I, I really, 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 I'm so excited for next week's reading. I, I'm so excited to keep going now. I'm so excited for book club because I... I don't have a lot of, I don't have negative things to say. Yeah. I don't, I'm, and granted, we'll get back to Tuan, and there, I'm still going to have a problem with that. But like, Yeah, we'll get there. Right now, coming into this book club, I'm like, this is what I've been wanting from this series for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's been great. Honestly, this, this week's reading was great. Yeah, I, all around. Like, just, like, I'm on board with everybody. I, I wish we'd had time to do our, like, tier list before we started this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if we're going to do that. I don't know. It's, it's... 
Maybe both probably will. Uh, Colonel Sanders, yeah. thanks so much for that super <gasps> chat. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, Nerdy's right based on Sanderson comments. The only exception is the epilogue of the last book is 100% RJ, which I love. I'm I'm so excited to get there. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be anything about the rest of these books that I'll be able to be like, yeah, Brandon Sanderson did it. It's just that Brandon Sanderson edited it. And sometimes a really good editor comes in and helps an author rate, elevate their work to the next level, right? And... I, I, I'm just impressed by the two of them together. I feel like most incredible art is collaboration. I agree with that. Uh, it is it's so difficult to do things alone. Like, human beings are social creatures. And I think that our art is reflected in that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, I can have a good idea. Like, okay, take Book Club, for example. Book club would not be what it what it is with only one of us, or without chat, or without chat. Yeah, like it is. It is truly a collaboration of people, right? Definitely not without blue. Blue, we love you, and our mods, guys. Show our mods, our mods. Some love in the chat. Love please, to the please, mods, please, and thank you so much. We appreciate the heck out of you. But but, but yeah, you can take book club for example. Whereas like. If I were to do a book club by myself, there'd probably be very little structure to it, and it would be pretty, like, meandery, and, yeah. uh, like, we play off one another mm-hmm. in our, like, art. You know, you could you could argue that this is art, even though it's not, like, particularly creative, right? I think we're pretty creative. I did we're a whole people, what if Rand was from New Jersey yelling at the devil skit fair. earlier in the show, and I feel like that was well-received. You know what? Good. You make a good point. I, I, it's, it's, it's all about the collaboration of it, and, like... When people, you know, when people credit things to one person, there are generally a lot of unseen people Mm -hmm. behind it. Maybe not always unseen. It's the people who are like, Steve Jobs made Apple. And you're like, it's way more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah, it always is. And, um... I'm I, I'm so I'm so along for the ride, and I'm so excited that I'm not like oh yeah Jordan oh yeah Brett Sanderson oh yeah Jordan. I'm oh, yeah, glad Sanderson. it's not like chapter by chapter. I me feel too. like they're completely different. No, I me felt too. like this. I felt like all thirteen chapters came from a similar voice. It's a blend. It doesn't feel like one person's voice, but it's a similar voice through all those chapters. I didn't feel like I picked up one chapter and was like, this feels drastically different from chapter nine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Perrin doesn't. No. We did that one too. We're crushing, <laughs> guys, we're crushing with the skits this week. We're being extra creative because I don't feel good. You're very funny. I don't Thank know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I really like Egwene right now. I'm so excited for more Egwene. Uh, I think she's really great in this book. Yeah. Um, Nerdy Knightly, uh, Leon says, what would it be if Brandon edited the slog books? I don't know. I feel like there would be less be books. Less, less words. I feel like there would be two less books. For sure. And I think that, you know, the, the we would... I don't even think that you... Here's the thing. I don't think you have to take much out of the slog. I think you just have to recontextualize it. I think there's plenty of plot in it. It's just overdone. It's like overcooked. And it needed an editor to take a couple of the ingredients out and just like streamline. Or a couple minutes off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. Y'all, like, if, it's there's great stuff in those books. The cleansing of the yeah. taint is great. The fucking a the wheel, percent. the ball of the wind stuff. I like that. Very cool. It's just surrounded by a lot of stuff where not a lot's happening. Picking and apart the weaves, really fucking. Cool. I the way that Egwene's political schemes in the White Tower are written in these two chapters is how I wish the Elaine stuff in Andor had been written. Okay. Right? Yeah. Honestly. But. Yep. Uh, Jason, thank you for that super chat. That's why I hated the show making Egwene Tavirin. It diminishes her White Tower story. She's a badass and deserves to not hang Tavirin on it. I agree. Fair. Egwene, Egwene fair. in the books is so defined by her willingness to 
to charge ahead with her decisions, right? Uh, from the moment she leaves the White Tower by being like, no, I'm fucking coming. And Moraine's like, all right, yeah, you're coming. Yeah. To her being like, all right, I'm the Emerlin seat. I'm not going to be a fucking puppet. I'm doing the job. Her entire character arc is about her being in these kind of crazy situations and consistently going, yes, I'm doing that. Shoagwain doesn't have that. Like, Shoagwain is missing that very important element of her character that... um pushes Egwene in the show to being kind of the third member of a love triangle with Perrin in a way that like in season one didn't really work and I'm hopeful in season two and moving forward with the show they're going to be able to bring that out of her because it's so important to her character and it, it even when she makes bad decisions like in Fires of Heaven with what she does to Nynaeve she is steadfast in her decision making and that that is that's that show Egwene just doesn't have that right now and the Tavirinus is what kind of takes away that first decision that she makes in the books yeah. and makes it Oh well, you have to come too, and she's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do agree with that. It, they're gonna, they've got a hurdle to overcome. I think yeah. that they unfortunately put in front of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, y'all, if you're here, make sure you throw a like on this video. Like that smash button. You mm-hmm. know, it's meant to be smashed. Um. Uh. Before we get into Smut Corner, it's time to do high low. Yeah. High. Low. Oh, I low. Hi, that's how we do this. It's just like my dinner table when I was a child and my family, which was blended because my mom and my stepdad got married and they had teenage children who didn't get along well and needed a nightly activity to bring us all together as a family, even though it didn't really work for a few years. And we went through some tough times where like we uh, didn't really get along as siblings. But now we all love each other very much because of high low at the dinner table. So yes. what we do is Clarice starts with her high, then I do my low, then Clarice says her low, then I do my high because we compliment sandwich this beach. This beach. We celebrate our highs. We commiserate over our lows. Clarice, what is your high for the prologue to chapter 12 of The Gathering Storm? My high is, um, I'm going to do like kind of two. Like uh, Avienda, love Avienda. Stuff with her going on was great. But my I think my high is actually getting Rodell's perspective of being like Tavirind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like how that feels yeah. from a character who's like got above average intellect. Yeah. Um, because the Tavirindus is kind of just like, yeah, shit happens. They just say things randomly that maybe they didn't mean to say. Ooh, hoo, hoo. But this uh this was more it felt more immersive. <clears throat> and I understood it a bit more. Um, and it's been such a prominent part of this entire series. I'm really happy to finally get that perspective. I think that it says a lot about Rodel. I think that it says a lot about Rand being Tavirin. Um, and uh, can't wait to see what other Tavirin shenanigans happen. Yeah. What's your low? My low is um, how many plot lines are still going on. I, okay. I think that like it's the one weakness of the book right now is how much bouncing around there needs to be. We didn't even go to Matt, Tuan, Elaine. Like, there's whole plot lines we didn't even get to in these 13 chapters. Yeah. Um, and yet it still felt like we were constantly moving around the map. Also, the the Perrin moment where he's like, Matt's still in tear. Or, uh, or Rand's still in tear was very, like, I was like, oh. The timeline Perrin being way confusing. behind them on the timeline. Someone at JordanCon was literally like, can I say something that isn't a spoiler but will help when you're reading this first week's reading? And I was like, yes. And they're like... Parent's timeline is behind everyone else. And there's going to be a chapter where that's very weird for a moment. And I appreciated them saying that to me because I would have been like, wait, Ren's not, what's, like, going, what on? what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm hopeful that we can get some timelines sh- shaved off, uh, some timeline, the timeline figured out and some plotline shaved off 
and we can kind of like streamline a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there, there's a lot of bouncing around. Even though I liked all of it, there was still a lot of bouncing around. Yeah, totally fair. <clears throat> um, I think my low is just I'm a little confused what's happening with Avienda's punishments. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've tried to reason out what the fuck it could possibly be. And I don't know if I'm going to feel satisfied fair. with the answer to that. So That's we'll fair. See. We'll see. Uh, and then my high, I already said, it is Daegyeon. Uh, I really, I think that her moment of, it just meant so much to me, especially this week. You know, we saw a Broadway show called Kimberly Akimbo. If you're in New York, I very highly recommend it. It is beautifully done. Janine Tesori did the score. Um, And so I've been um, reflecting on loss in my life uh, because of that show and because of the reading. Uh, And I think um, uh, it was just a really beautiful sentiment. And I've had a lot of loss in my life. And I don't want to forget those people or forget the way that they made me feel mm. um, because uh, they're they're still with me, even though they're not here anymore. And um, having that reminder from Daegyeon about the value of loss and the value of pain and the reminder of what that person meant to you, I think is really powerful. And I just, I loved it. I, it was one of my favorite things. Um, it was one of my favorite things in this book. Yeah. Also, Masima being dead. Let's go. <laughs> I just, I, that's like, uh, some, uh, M. Will just said in chat, like, uh, Masima, et cetera, uh, Sanderson's already cutting plot lines, and I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, which is, is great. It's nice to see. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, yeah, if, if you are in New York and you like Broadway, uh, Kimberly Akimbo's an incredible show. Truly incredible. Emberty's just wrote a song about high-low. I'm going to try and come up with a melody, uh, that will probably sound somewhat like a she, tan- uh, she, a, sh- a sea shanty. Um... <clears throat> Because I'm thinking of it like, hey ho, it's time for high low, the time of the week when we speak about the best and worst parts. Nerdy ends, Clara starts with the yeses and nos, the us and let's goes. It's time for high low. Goddamn. Um, Clarus. Beautiful. I loved it. It's time for the final. Uh, go. I was gonna talk about the real play relay, but like the announcements already there. We're gonna be talking about the role play relay a lot. Uh, yeah. We're going to have videos from all of the people a part of it going up on the channel throughout the next few months as we get ready. I'm very excited for the roleplay relay. Don't forget to follow at Nerdy Nightly on Instagram and at Offworld Bar on Instagram if you're in Toronto and want to go to the May the 4th party next week. We are going to be guests at that party. So if you want to meet us in person and you live in the greater Toronto area, <laughs> uh, join that give away. Yeah, yeah. Clarus. If, if you did miss the announcement, it is at the beginning of this video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can just go back and like check that out. <laughs> Clarus, add a sex scene to this book. It's time for Smut Corner. What? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Uh, you know what? I think Avienda needs to fucking get over her shit and go fuck Rand. Yeah. Avienda's like, oh, I don't have my honor. Can't lay a bridal wreath at his feet. And he proposed to me. That's so rude. I'm like, girl, go, go. You deserve it. You know, mm. you deserve it. Go get laid. It's fine. <laughs> Mark Coburn, thank you for joining the Nargs to wish me a happy birthday. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to say, uh, like, Egwene and, like, those novices. Oh. I, feel like, I feel like they're all Kurtz and they're all, like, I feel like Egwene is doming the novices. Just having a good time, having a good time in the novice quarters consensually. <laughs> I think that she's of like course. showing them what the what what her and her pillow friends did when they were novices, you know. Guys, I learned this really cool trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It involves traveling. I'm gonna teach you the weave. If I open the gateway right outside of your vagina, <laughs> to right in front of this guy, he's just gonna no. like fuck her through the no, gateway. You're not getting that close to the 
fucking edges of death. No, no, you open the gateway first, and then, because the edges are the part that's dangerous, and so you, like, just stick, like, your pussy through the gateway. It's just no. a little gateway. No! And you just stick right, right up against it, and then you just... Terrifying! You can have sex from, like, five miles away. Yeah, but, like, God, oh, that's how we can do, she can do it with Gawain! No, that's in his dreams. Yeah, but, like, they Do you think actually... she ever reveals to Gawain that she goes into his dreams to have sex with him? No. She's like, you know all those That's times that you've weird. had sex with me in your dreams? I was actually I was there. there. I saw it happen. I experienced it. It was good times. But I'm <laughs> still a virgin. Ah, the classic glory gate. That's how you get around the whole virgin thing. You just have sex in Teleron Riyadh. Do you think Maidani is ever like mid-pillow friending with Aleda and she like forgets for a second that her life sucks and she's just like enjoying a good orgasm? No, I think Aleda is way too selfish for that. That's true. I bet Aleda, I bet Aleda is only receiving and not giving at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. She is not a yeah, generous that lover sucks. at all. And I feel bad for Maidani. You know, that she's, sucks. She's doing the good work and Egwene acknowledges that. She's like, I'm so sorry that you have to deal with Aleda. Keep it up, soldier. Fair. You know what? You're right. You're right. I just want Maidani's life to not be hell. And right now it kind of seems like it is. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there any other good places for a sex scene in this? I don't know. No, I was too enthralled with the story. I, I wasn't like thinking about it. I was like, nah, nah, this is good. Doesn't We don't need to smut it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, um... Just knowing that uh, Avienda is so desperate to fuck Rand mm -hmm. and has to feel every time Min fucks Rand is so sad to me. So sad. So sorry. <laughs> like, it's just so, I feel so bad for Avienda being like, I can't go fuck him until I get my honor back. But Min is bouncing up and down on him every fucking night. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Do you, do, I don't know if I'm going to stream again today. Do you want me to open my gift? Oh, yeah. You might as well do that now. Okay. It's not wrapped because we were gone. Okay. So you're just going to have to get over it. I'm over it. All right. That's uh, that's the book club for today, y'all. Thank you so much for um, hanging out, for doing the dang thing. Like the video. Like the smash button. Nerdy's naked prison scene. Oh, yeah. Leilane. Uh, Leanne. Le Leanne. I feel like Leanne and Egwene. What is this? Happy birthday. To avoid danger of suffocation. Why are you revealing my kinks on the internet? <laughs> I revealed nothing. It is, um, it's a body pillow. How do you know? Because of the fabric and the design on it. How do you know? <laughs> you guys! It's my boy! <laughs> it's my boy! He's like... Oh my god, Garrus Vakarian. He's not life-size, but you know... <laughs> Look the, at those hips. I gotta get the pillow parts. Though. I love that he's in bed, like, in his armor. Yeah, you know, he doesn't take it off. It's like the Mandalorians. Yeah, god <laughs> damn. All right. Well, James Smith, thank you for being a member for 11 months. Welcome uh, back to the nerd table. Did you get a pillow to go in it? No. So I have to buy my own pillow? I will buy it for you. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Melinda, thank you for joining the Nargs. Uh, this is from Mass Effect. Garrus is, uh, yeah, Garrus is one of the, um... He's a daddy. Garrus is one of the my favorite characters from Mass Effect, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you like it. That uh, is so funny, Melinda as well. Welcome back to the nerd table, y'all. Well, we I was kind of like you know like don't we? I guys, here's the thing. I was like, Clarice, don't spend much on me, because um, I spent so much money in the merch store at Star Wars Celebration. 
Yeah, you bought yourself. And I was like, that's, we don't need to spend any more money on my birthday. Yeah, yeah. And then we also got to see, like, Sweeney Todd in New York. So, like, that's pretty cool. So. And Dakuna, if I do stream later today, it will be on YouTube. I don't know how I'm feeling just yet. I'm going to eat some food and see how I feel before I decide anything. Yeah, yeah. Eat something and then... If you want to stream, like, you go for it, but also no pressure. I know you're not feeling the best. I might stream and just not talk. And so you can just look at my face as I go. <laughs> Enthralling. Good for the podcast Why would listeners. you be doing Y'all, thank you so much. Um, if I do go live later, I will post on social. So follow me around. I might play Jedi Survivor. Clarice might go live play Jedi. We don't know what the rest of our day looks like. Who knows? So um, go, uh, go do your shit. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Oh, next week we're going... I don't know where we're going to next week. It's on our socials. We're going where? For the book. I don't know where we're going. Oh, uh, check this cord. Check this cord. Bye. Sorry.